Welcome, Challenge fans, to another episode of the Rotten Banana Podcast. I'm your host, Logan of HedrickBiles.com. Joining me today, the girl back east, Allie! We're back! <laughs> you're so excited. I How love it. How you doing, it. girl? Oh, your excitement is contagious. I love it. Okay, well, you know what else can be contagious? Um... <laughs> You know that sound. That's not what I was going to say, but okay. <laughs> well, COVID, obviously, yes. But we are here today to discuss the challenge, Double Agents, both Monday's declassified episode and last night's episode one, technically, of Double Agents' License to Kill a Cam. I am so incredibly excited about this season. Uh, you know, we broke down... The, the whole uh, cast earlier on for like two plus hours on the pod. That was really fun. And now we finally get to see everyone like on screen. Like, well, okay, just before we even get into the, the, all, all the stuff we got to take care of before we jump in, like how excited were you for this season? Like the minute that declassified started, were you just like, oh my God, it's back. Like, I, I can't am- believe it's 2020 and it's back. Right. I am so much more excited about this season than I have been in a long, long time because I don't know any spoilers. I have managed to avoid them and still be like active in the challenge Twitter community. Um, But there's just something about it that like the second the show starts, if you know who won, it's not that fun. Um, I mean, it's fun to like watch it all play out. But at the end of the day, there's not that like true genuine excitement in like the pit of your stomach about this show that you've watched for such a long time. So I am, I think I've known the winner every season since like maybe dirty 30. So I'm thrilled. I'm right. so and That's excited. the only one you, you actually couldn't know the winner for. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm pumped. Um, and I, I also really liked that they didn't like when, when the declassified thing ended on Monday, Brian was like, I swear the first 30 minutes of the episode on Wednesday better not just be like recycled that. footage from yeah. this. Um, and it wasn't, they like jumped right in. To, I mean, I yes, they, this was they a... connected it. Like the end of that episode was them driving to the challenge. And then the beginning of this was like mm-hmm. TJ getting ready to meet them. And it all came together. It was essentially a two and a half hour premiere spread over two dates. Like totally, uh, the bachelor does this all the time. I think next week's is a Monday and Tuesday episode. So I'm honestly surprised that the challenge kind of hasn't adopted this more. I I feel like the, on war of the worlds when they did this similar format to kind of to introduce all the rookies on that season, Mm -hmm. was that the week before or was that the same week? I feel like that was a whole week before. I feel like that was a week before too. And it yeah. did feel like a different setup of an episode just because there were no vets, right? Everyone on there was new. That on was that re- a super necessary episode. This one, yeah. I feel like it was still essential piece of the viewing of double agents, but you know, you could get by without watching declassified, but I think there was still a lot of good stuff uh, kind of setting up for the long term to discuss uh, on the pod here. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so before we discuss that, though, we have two minor uh, plugs and just pieces of housekeeping to take care of before we jump in. Okay, we got a iTunes review recently. 
back at the end of November, which you actually saw before I did. You screenshotted it and sent it to me, and you were like, okay – where who's cutting onions in here who's where where's the tissues let's break them out so mm-hmm. let me see if i can get through this without getting too emotional this one comes from sauce boss 326 they write five stars simply the best <laughs> anyone else cry a little during the thanksgiving episode you two are such awesome hosts and the way you admire each other so much is so beautiful i am thankful for for not just you guys but for the kind of people that you both are, we need more Logans and Allies in the world. This is an environment of welcoming. You can just get the hell out of here. Heart emoji. I didn't get the reference at first. Allie had it was early in the morning. Allie had to explain it to me, but it is a deep cut office reference. So greatly appreciated. Yeah. Shout out to the Sauce Boss. I know. I really wish I knew who that was, and I. It was just that was so nice, and I know we've said it a million times before, but like it's great to come on here and talk about the challenge, and it's really fun, and we've met such amazing people. But it really, really comes down to, like, the thing that keeps us going here is a our relationship with each other, and b the relationships we have built because of this. Like the actual human connection, totally. not just challenge related, is the best part so when somebody like acknowledges it um it's it's very much appreciated yeah if you are sauce boss 326 hit us up on twitter we're very curious to your your true identity it can be in a direct message it does not have to be publicly if you do not want to share shout out to you sauce boss 326 okay and the other piece that we wanted to plug well don't think it's quite time to plug yet so i just wanted to put a little teaser out there keep our twitter feeds on your radar for the next week or two that's all i'm gonna say just something big is coming make sure i'm not saying turn on notifications you don't have to obsess over us it's okay but just you know be prepared just be prepared do not turn on my notifications you will be disappointed (laughs) 90 percent of the time when it pops up on your phone don't have them on for when i'm live tweeting the episode either that's just going to be 45 straight notifications uh so there's your tease hope you guys are staying tuned and are excited for this season as much as we are okay season 36 double agents declassified where to start? Um, how about with TJ getting a new title on the season? He is no longer Handler. TJ Lavin, host of the challenge. He is Lavin, TJ Lavin, <laughs> handler of double agents, the mm-hmm. cast of the challenge. What do we think of this? This is like, is this a, is this an upgrade or is this just like some nonsense? No, it's dumb. <laughs> I think it's dumb. I, I I think anytime that they try and change something, like... They love even, their little even, lingo. Yeah, even like last year, what was it? Prospects? The prospects thing. That didn't, were no, that like, was never going to stick. We're going to call them rookies. Leave, leave it alone. And even even TJ calling it my final was a, a change in how things were described. And I think there were a lot of people that were like, ugh, dude... <laughs> I thought that was the one thing that that's kind of stuck and that people liked. That that seems it makes to... sense. That is the one that makes the most sense. Sure. Uh, okay, so TJ drops that he's the handler this season. He's going to be wrangling all these people every week. Um, so we, we cut to to the crew. They're all in the cars. They think that it might be a bunker. Everyone's super nervous. Corey's like, "No, no, no, y'all. You don't realize." You guys who weren't here last season for Total Madness don't realize how awful the conditions were. We had to shit in a hole outside in the dark 
with a production assistant next to us. Like it was a whole thing. So they pull up, they see the house. I wonder Maybe. if um, Darrell and Teresa were secretly like, we know it's not a bunker because that was in our contracts when we agreed to come <laughs> back that we weren't going to live in some shithole uh, when we have nice houses and families and kids at home. So they probably knew like, nope, we have a, a decent house. We That's a we good call. Was the, so th- was there like any new, like quote unquote new legacy players on last season? Probably not. Just Wes, Johnny, Anissa. Were those the only? You mean like people who kind of like made a return? Yeah, like like the Teresas and the Drells of this world that would like never live in the bunker. I mean, no, I think probably the person who had spent the most time off of the show that returned was Kayla. Mm, true, true, but she doesn't. She has clout, but in a different sense. And I and I also feel like if you lived in the shelter on invasion, <laughs> right. you, you can handle could, anything. You were doing okay. Uh, Ashley even says in the car, she's like, you know what, y'all? If it's a bunker again, I'm not sticking around. I, I couldn't handle it last time. I'm not going to even try to <laughs> d- handle it this time. So shout out to Ashley for living her bougie AF life. She's like, I don't need this. Like, I live in a nice house. <laughs> uh, there's there's really nothing better than the mad dash for rooms. Like, it's the first day of summer camp. Like, it's always... One of the truest and most genuine moments every season. Like, I just love it. And it's so funny to see the rookies, like, being like, oh, yeah, like, this might be a good room to be in. And CT, like, kicks the door and is like, yeah, I guess this is my fucking bed. Out of the way, rookie. <laughs> I We got such a good moment a few seasons ago of CT and Turbo. I don't know if anything could ever outdo that. Where, like, all the children yes. oh my were God, running I in and the two, that. like, dads slash daddies were coming in behind. Uh, Turbo's more of a zaddy to be TBH, but I, I get what you're saying. What's the difference? Um, it's a great question. You better know if you're going to correct me. I think a zaddy has a far more sexual connotation. And why aren't we calling CT that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. I'm looking it up. Um, keep going. I this will is, update you. <laughs> uh, so okay, so I wrote six pages of notes across these two and a half hours. And, um, I think this is the first of maybe five different times in my notes that I wrote and I quote live is so fine. God damn. Which one is live? The uh, one from Shipwrecked? Yes. The other girl from Shipwrecked that's not big T. The, the other, the not blonde British girl rookie. She, she's so hot. Her smile at one point later in the episode, when it's like all the British girls are kind of Gabby's having an emotional moment and the two others are like comforting her and hyping her up. Mm -hmm. She, Oh my God. I was blown away. The smile of hers. It's going to get me. Okay. Enough of that tangent. Uh, Hmm. Cam and Leroy are trying to figure out what's the best strategy. And they have already said that they don't want to be in the same room. They, they now it's, they're in a really interesting place in the game. Because they're both vets. They're both really strong. They are, they call themselves a power couple. Ashley has some words about that saying neither is one. But I think they've both gone to finals, made it deep and lost in heartbreaking fashion. So they're like, uh, Leroy, even later in the episode, is like, you know what? I'm done playing nice. I don't care. I'm going to play a dirty game. I have to win one of these things. At the end of Declassified, he fucking announces that this is his last season. He's retiring. So... This is, I feel like, going to become the the Tony betrayal of bananas 
version of Leroy this season. I'm hoping. I hope he plays a super cutthroat game and it's just like, you know what? I love you, but I got I love you, but I'm sorry to quote uh Shawn Michaels as he sweet chin music Ric Flair to the face to end his career at WrestleMania twenty five. So I know I you thought understand. you were gonna quote Sex in the City movie where she says, I love you, but I love me more. Um, <laughs> not as familiar with Sex in the City as I am with WrestleMania. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny that you bring up the Tony Bananas thing because I was also thinking like, okay, so Leroy is A, retiring, B, has never won, and C, doesn't have Bananas this time, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. I mean, you could argue that could be better. Could being be better. paired with Bananas is a good thing or a bad thing. And I'm mm-hmm. sort of saying here that I don't think it's a good thing, um, that, that Leroy has sort of always been like tethered to him. So I think, yeah, I think you're going to see a different, a little bit cutthroat Leroy this year. I, I love it. Uh, I think, yeah. So, so them having already discussed that they want to live in separate rooms and have their ear in separate rooms, listening to, to two different sides of the house. I think that's really smart. Uh, but my point I was trying to get to earlier is like, they're in this really interesting place where not only because like on war of the worlds two and total madness they're I guess she wasn't there, but on war of the worlds two, you know, she didn't want to fully commit to him at least in public in a public sense and there was the like beef or whatever it was with Nani. And now they're just like, you know what? We're owning that we're this couple and we're both super strong. So we can't hide. We can't like hide the fact that no matter what, we're each other's ride or die. We got to own that. So I think it's really smart of them to not be in the same room, not be partners with each other. And you know, maybe they didn't wind up with the ideal partners they wanted to, but, uh, I think it's really smart. It's a show of progress kind of built in an alliance, mm-hmm. which is more than you can say for people who got paired up with some rookies. I think the not staying in the room together thing is sort of dumb just because like, like you said, you think it's everybody overvalued? knows they're... What do you mean? Like them being in different rooms, getting gathering different Intel. Do you think that's like overstated as like in a production yeah. thing? I think like if if you know that they're together and you know that no matter who their partners are, they're working together and they're riding for each other, you're going to watch what you say in front of them anyway. So True. what the fuck does it matter if they're in your room or not? That, that's what doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care if Cam is sleeping in my room or she's sleeping in the room with her man. If I don't want her to hear what I'm talking about, she's not going to hear what I'm talking about. Okay, okay, that's I didn't fair. quite understand that move. I mean, I get in theory what they're going for, but, but unless practice, you pull off like different. a laurel pretending to be asleep thing, it's like <laughs> I still have trouble believing that was real. That was bizarre. <laughs> I just don't think people are going to be like openly discussing things that they wouldn't have otherwise because they're not in the same room. I don't know. Sure. I buy that. I buy that. Uh, okay. So everyone has gathered around. It's time for the the first night toast. Everyone's got their glass of champagne and they're like, okay, well, who's the most senior motherfucker around here? CT S- step up. It's your time. And he's like, oh, you know, I don't really give speeches. I'm more of a mumbler. But he, he did it. And what did you think of CT giving the toast and not Johnny Bananas? I loved it. I thought that that moment was so cute because, you know, we joke that, like, everyone's so nice on the first night and then they have the first challenge and everyone hates each other after that. But you can still take the nice things from the first night, right? And, like, some of them are actually genuine. And I think it sort of reminded me of, like – if you played a sport in high school and you got to like your senior year, the person who had played all four years or was on varsity for all four years, you know what I mean? Like 
the most like standout person. But I do want to say, I think Anissa is actually more of an OG than CT. I know CT has done more, but Anissa has been around longer. That is objective fact. So while I understand while they gave him the toast responsibility, because even when like CT and uh, Anissa are in the room, Banana still does the toast and he hasn't been there as long as them. But I thought it, I don't know. I think there were other people that it would have been nice, especially like knowing what we know about how the challenge actually plays out later. It would have been kind of cool to see Anissa give the toast. I agree with that. She, she's perpetually, underrated and undervalued and everyone's like yeah like oh anisa's here great like can't wait for her to get sent home halfway through the season but it's like no show her put some damn respect on her name she -hmm. came out and owned all y'all in the opening challenge Mm -hmm. and like she is super connected in the house so i've never understood why at least people don't value her more as a potential alliance mate versus the narrative last season entirely being, I don't want to run the final with this girl. How do we get her out before then? Well, and also like just longevity should get you somewhere. I mean, totally. you know, everybody thinks that Leroy is a really great competitor and no offense. He and Anissa have won the same amount of shit. So like, I, I love Leroy. I hope he does well. I would like to see him win. I have said that on the record that I'm pulling for him, but I don't quite understand the Anissa disrespect. I mean, she's been there as long as TJ. We Were they the question. same season? They, they, her, they... her, I don't know if Gauntlet 2 was her first season, but it was his first season hosting, and she was on it because we had Kayla ask that question at Trivia the That's other night. true. Uh, I think she was there earlier because she did Battle of the Sexes. That's that was right. That was her debut season. So whether – now, TJ's been there every single season, obviously, as the host since Right, Gauntlet she's taken a couple but, off. Like, longevity-wise, Anissa has been in this world as long as anybody else there. Bro, she witnessed 9-11 live on TV. That's yes. all you need to know about her, the longevity of her In reality TV house. career. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. As much as I thought it was really cute, like the whole like, well, we got to wait for CT. I mean, he really is like the dad of the group. But I thought there were other people in the room who deserved the to- the first night toast accolade as well. Right. Because it's not even so much about the toast. It's more like, no, no, no. This is... Like the the most senior player or like the most respected player in the house. He's the one that needs to set the tone and kick off the show. Because remember, yeah. it was Tony on Invasion once they got to the Paradise House. Right, because no one else was there yet. Exactly. Okay, so uh, while we're getting this little spiel on CT, he talks about how his marriage is kind of falling apart and he's been yeah. running from his problems and now he just really wants to focus on getting in shape and winning this show and doing whatever he can for his son. It's Chris Jr., right? CJ? CT and CJ? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't have much to say about that. I think it's a bummer that, that it, it didn't work out with him and his wife. I, I'm still confused as the timing if he was single or, you know, broken up, separated, whatever, going into this show because it seems to have only been made public now via Instagram, via... Uh, well, I mean, he filmed it in the first episode. Well, I guess he could have filmed it later, but it kind of seems like the, the the problem that I have with it is how it was used like a storyline. Sure, sure. How it's like the like Us Weekly article or whatever dropped right before the premiere and he kept it to himself all this time because they filmed this, what, 10, 11, 12 weeks ago? I mean. Something like that, yeah. At least September, right? 
So anyways, I just, I don't like how something from his personal life was used. And he had to hold, hold it in for months. Exactly. That's just, I think your challenge life should be your challenge life and your personal life should get a different level of respect. Yeah. That feels a little manipulative for sure. Yeah. Uh, So next shot, we see the, the girl of the hour. She's back. Ladies and gentlemen, Teresa, don't call her Gonzalez Jones. (laughs) Married to TJ Jones, current free agent, if your team is looking for a wide receiver. Uh, and she, I, the, her biggest thing was she was talking about, like, being excited to be back on the show. And, you know, she's an honest mom, but she doesn't want to play an honest game. She got second place most recently. So she there's only one thing left to do. But I thought it was fascinating that they kind of left her storyline off as last time she was here, her and Nani had this, like, seasons-long beef. And neither really knows where they stand with each other. So that's definitely a seed they're planting for later on. Well, I think that Nate, that Nani, I mean, do you remember when she came back on, was it War of the Worlds, the first one? Mm-hmm. And she had that conversation with Kara and she was like, you're loyal to these girls that you don't even know. And you and I have known each other for years. And I think Nani values longevity. I mean, that was the whole thing with Leroy last year too, of like, when I say last year, I mean last season, sorry. I treat it like school years. Um, (laughs) Where (laughs) she was frustrated that she felt like she couldn't trust him because he might be working with Cam, who he sort of was with at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And for her, I feel like Nani is like, I've known you forever. We were on the fucking real world together. And she sort of pulled the same thing on Kara. So I think that's what I like to think that they're going to, air on the side of longevity and how long their relationship has lasted rather than like working with people they don't even know. I hope that's what happens. I would hope at this point. Yeah, I agree. I really don't want to see like a five, six, seven year old um, rivalry. And it's over again. like some bullshit. It was just like over game stuff. It wasn't ever over anything like personal or right. about the them. Yeah, it, it was, I could definitely see them having sitting down and being like, you know what? It no matter what the argument was back in the day, like this can be valuable moving forward. So if if they're both smart, I think they're easily squash the beef. And my final note here is God damn, did you see that rock on her finger? Oh my god. Yes, I definitely <laughs> that did. was one shiny ass diamond. Good lord. That was big. Okay. Uh next up they show they're the Natalie and Jay link up is fucking awesome. I am so hyped that Jay is hyped to have another survivor there. And it's not just like, oh, they just pulled another survivor person over who is like pretty good or, you know, just happened to win a season. Because trust me, I have a I've beef with a lot of the major uh, or excuse me, a lot of the more recent winners being kind of really whack and not interesting or winning in like really cheap fashion. Like this guy, Chris, that came back from extinction ended up it was a total bullshit win so not all winners are created equal is my point they brought in natalie fucking anderson who's a savage both socially politically and in every physical competition and she's created uh puzzles so like i feel like jay and maybe only wes are the people that really know how good she can be at this game what you know i hyped her up a lot in our our preview episode what did you think once you finally saw her on screen, are you do you, are you starting to get the hype around Natalie Anderson? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I have known that it's legit. 
um, she's like in her 30s. They don't bring people on in true. their 30s Very that are true. going to be boring. I mean, look at like the oldest person to be on the real world. It was Tony Raines, and they knew that they had something, you know, years worth of an investment there. So, um, yes, I totally get the hype. I, I think um, especially once she partners with Wes – I, I see like a very, not an equal playing field because just Wes has so much more time in the game, but you can tell he really sees her as an equal. Totally. I, I mean, think, she's asking him like, how long do I lay low in this game before right. I kind of flex on all the girls? She's and that's asking like, good questions. Yes. That's like I advanced think, gameplay right there. It, you know, Wes always thinks he's the smartest person in the room. A lot of times he's right. I mean, the biggest compliment he's ever given me is that I was tweeting, I, I that I was doing West level tweeting. So I was like, let me get this straight. <laughs> That's impressive. You're complimenting me because you think I sound like you. This is not a compliment. <laughs> in his mind, that's so, the greatest compliment mind, you can it receive. It really is. Um, so anyways, uh, for him to, you know, clearly see her as a valuable partner, uh, I, I see the value. I get it. Yeah, she's awesome. I cannot wait to see uh, once she kind of like unleashes the player that she is uh we see a quick shot of amber b trying to kind of learn the lay of the land from west we get the two ambers and west kind of informing them of what the hell they got themselves into so uh more on amber b later i'm, I'm intrigued by her amber m and eh, not so much i think she's a she's a easy early boot but maybe not given the way that, that the champs are being targeted first uh leroy immediately recognizes Wes recruiting the rookies. He's like, Mm -hmm. you can't take a season off from doing this same bullshit every time you got (laughs) to go straight for the rookies and try to get the power numbers. So good on Leroy for, for immediately being able to see that and maybe find a workaround and get a stronger alliance of vets. Um, and then we get the first of a few really in depth and, uh, like really heavy conversations involving cam she's here talking about like black lives matter movement and how representation really matters and she wants to show out for her people and i love it i I love that and it's like i don't doubt that cam was already saying these things in confessionals every season beforehand like this isn't just a trendy thing for her this is her living her life and this is the person that she is it's just now that mtv and bmp are like okay this is we, we now recognize this as being highly valuable and needing to be on TV. So, you know, it, it's a shame that it took this long for, for these conversations to be made public and, and uh, this kind of lingo and, and words being spoken and, and allowing people of color on the show to have this platform uh, mm-hmm. to talk about these topics. It's a shame that it took this long, but it's like, okay, we're I'm glad that Cam is there and she is saying what she's saying and that Buna Murray and MTV are, are putting it front and center. I think that's a win-win on all accounts here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but um, I'm pretty sure the, the pictures that they've used on all their social media is uh, Corey, Anissa, and yep. Cam. Yeah. Um, I don't think that was a coincidence that they chose to, you know, put, move forward with essentially referring to, you know, three, three black people in the cast as the face of the show this season. Right. There's the, like, 
the the euphemism of being the face of the show that you know we were always trying to pinpoint like oh who does who represents the show most publicly you know Johnny has his other connections and his other show and Kara was you know such a big winner multiple times but then there's also the literal actual profile picture face of the show mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that that they it kind of matters who they put in their profile picture on Twitter and Facebook so Agreed. I think it's really fucking awesome that they're like, listen, we have these awesome cast members. We haven't been pushing them enough, but here's Cam. Uh, who else did you say? Anissa and Corey. Like, I, I love yeah. that. You know, we clown Corey. I, I think he is great for the show. I, I for think sure. he's important to have there. Yeah. And just looking at the cast here, I mean, there are more people of color easily the the, the most diverse cast yeah i'm had. trying to like count um, easily and also- the most diverse cast in terms of racial makeup and also like background uh experience in in reality tv i think yeah and i think they did a good job you know not casting people just because they add to the you know the minority count um I think they actually cast pretty interesting, compelling people. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I, I have a couple that I'm like unsure about, but you're a little sus on. Uh, yeah, I'm just not sure they're going to be all that interesting. But I hope they prove me wrong. Right. It's no longer like, oh, let's just get as many hot white people from Love Island UK as we can. They're like, no, right, totally. it's actually sort of important that we diversify this cast. Okay, so next up we get Amber M. And she says she works at a club. And Gabby's like, oh, you mean you're a shot girl? She's like, yeah, I I pour shots for people. And she's like, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm a personal trainer, which is sort of coded language for um, I work out and film it so people can look at my butt on Instagram. Except she's an actual trainer. She is. She is. Yeah, but I would say social media, she's legit. And also, shot girls make a lot of money. They do make cash. There is no shame. Especially there. if you're like a celebrity shot girl or you know like you've been on a reality show and people want yes. to go to that club to get served by you. Like that For is sure. a cash cow. Yeah. I'm 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 yeah, in no way trying to shame it. I'm just it's fascinating like, oh, this girl is out hustling in the club versus this girl is like what what did we say at trivia? 1.2 million followers already built in from her previous mm-hmm. reality TV experience and moving over here. Uh, I I just think it's really fascinating to see the like different backgrounds that they're they're pulling people in from now. I agree. And then finally, Allie, the moment yes. you have been waiting for. Fessy, or rather, I should say, Corey announces Fessy is single. Uh, is this is this the greatest mistake Fessy has ever made in his short short life? We, oh, what an idiot! But <laughs> Brian and I literally we uh, hit rewind on that moment because Brian didn't quite see it, and Corey's decision to look like he was going to yell something, but then sort of like whisper yell it was such comedic <laughs> gold to me um that i made brian rewind it so that he could see it again it was good and and he, Corey's giving him shit and fessy's just like stop stop but actually yeah, yeah go tell all the girls i'm single but stop no 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 stop no stop with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I thought it was great. Uh, and meanwhile, Nicole is in the background doing like 45 pull-ups. Just like, oh, okay. Oh, oh, you're the girl that, that works out and flexes on people all the time. I know. Oh. It was funny too because it was only a few minutes after the like, should I lay low conversation? I was like, is this laying low for you? Mm-hmm. What Probably. the fuck are you doing? It's the CrossFit games happening in the background. This is not laying low, sis. And then in her <laughs> confessional, she's like, oh, what do people, what's their first impression of me? Oh, well, she's gorgeous. You're just like, okay. Oh, so you're humble too. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> Tori then starts grilling Leo and my first, okay. I have a lot of questions about Leo. I really, really came away liking him at the end of this and next episode. I think he's really, really good for the show. Super athletic. Um, one thing I curious about that. I don't know. Sort of random thought. So his actual name is, uh, I forget what it is. Lionel green or something like that on, on Twitter. That's like his actual handle. Um, and he just goes by Leo, but he calls himself. He's like, Oh, I'm Leo. AKA, Leo Rush, but you know, they can't put Leo Rush in his bottom third labeling him that because I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon and the WWE own that name because that's what uh, happened. Yeah. The, the WWE is really scummy about that shit. So John Cena is that man's legal government name, but it is owned by, by Vince McMahon. Like, he, yeah, he, he does this thing where basically whatever your character name is on his programs he legally owns that and can license that and you can he, like, never turns your government name into a brand that he if owns. if that's your wrestler name and john cena just happens to be his his real name and his wrestler name but like leo rush clearly isn't his legal name but that's so then anytime that that john cena was on the bellas show on e did it just say john no, 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 because that's that's a WWE venture. They they have a hand in producing that. Gotcha. Okay. But like that's why The Rock, you know, the last ten years has always tried to be billed as Dwayne Johnson because anytime mm-hmm. it lists The Rock in the credits, Vince McMahon gets a big fat check. Weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's it's the fucked up thing about that's the, the pro- professional wrestling industry. <laughs> yeah, and, and of course they're contractor co- contract employees. They're never. Uh, salaried which is a whole another fucked up conversation go listen to uh uh andrew yang's podcast he did about that that's very fascinating anyways so they i love that they say oh he's from wwe cut to wrestling footage of course it's not wwe footage because they can't license that uh but then he says he like spent time in a group home growing up he's only 25 he's got two kids his wife is about to have their third and i think 
I don't know if she just had it, but he just posted about it like yesterday or two days ago. Aww. So shout out to him and his beautiful family. I am, I'm sort of a Leo Rush stand now. I, I do. I'm like not super familiar with his wrestling career. I definitely remember him, but like I think this is a really, really fascinating door to open for the challenge because you're bringing in people who professionally have to be athletic and charismatic. Now, whether they have a brain between their ears, that's a whole separate issue. But like <laughs> these people are born and bred and to do professional television. It just happens to be in a wrestling capacity. But I think like if this becomes a revolving doorway, the, the wrestler thing is the new thing that the MTV needs to tap into. I think this is brilliant, to be honest. Yeah. And I think just his like personality the personality that you have to have to be you got to be braggadocious and like be able to call people out yeah 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 and like i think he'll also be really good at like separating his personal life and his personal um personality i guess like he he can he can play a character on the show Mm -hmm, totally and and then go home and be like okay that was fun yeah, I think it's brilliant, and I really hope he does well so that they uh, consider in the future bringing in wrestlers. Okay, the next part I thought was really cool because it was a question of ours from the most recent Rotten Banana Trivia. Joseph mm-hmm. revealed that he actually raced motocross when he was younger. Allie, that was one of our questions. It was? <laughs> yes, do you not remember? I had no. to do, I did one question about every single person on the cast and when I was looking him up I was like I don't know any fucking thing about this guy but I can't give some obvious like who is the player from America's Got Talent that's on the next season because everyone would know that that question was kind of towards the end right because it was like maybe process of elimination will tell you who these people are yep 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 and then all of a sudden it's like his bio they don't even talk about that he was on the X Factor (laughs) that's true that is weird that they they don't actually give credit to his original show I never picked up on that that's a good call I mean it says it like in his thing at the bottom like where his name is but it, they he didn't talk about his experience on there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fascinating next up we see Josh and Casey talking about how it's time quote to get the bag Allie will Josh and Casey be walking away from this show with a bag no I mean, maybe, maybe the bag of their own shit. Yeah, maybe their with. bags. But That's it. No cash, <laughs> Maybe guys. they'll be leaving with more baggage from all the <laughs> drama that they start. But no, they have, they have both already won the show that they're going to win. I strongly agree with that. And by the end of this conversation, Casey is like gloating about how big their big brother alliance is and how they're going to run the show. And later on at the club, she's like talking to Amber B and it's like, listen, I was I, I thought it was cool that she's like, I really respected you and was a fan of you on your original Big Brother show. But like now I have your back. And if I was her, if I was Amber, you kind of got to be like, OK, well, I don't I can't really say no to this or at this situation at this point. I, I don't have enough uh, knowledge of people and people don't know me yet. So I kind of have to latch on if they're giving me this olive branch. But I think Casey is being like mad cocky like not not nicole levels of publicly cocky but she she's confessional cocky where she's like oh yeah like we got this i got Uh i got the strongest guy 
in the house in my alliance and Josh. I got it's just like she doesn't say that, but you know, this is the type of delusional things I think she tells herself. Well, I mean, I'll say this: she has a better chance of ever winning than easily, Josh. easily. Josh yes. is never going to win the show ever, 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 ever. Um, it's, and also think about her like her resume so she goes on big brother she wins she comes on the challenge and she makes it to the final in her first season and wins second second yeah 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 so like you know on paper she is a good competitor i just we just have watched her attempts at a social game enough to know that uh it's not gonna happen (laughs) yeah i don't know i'm not the biggest fan but i I'm fascinated no by well, I'm fascinated by this Big Brother alliance though to see how it shakes out and to see you know especially given the partners that we see later on how it extends via the, these new partnerships. Um, but I, I forget who said it. My, my next note is literally everyone knows not to trust the Big Brother people. Like I, I think it was right. Darrell. He was like, yeah, these Big Brother people they they tell you what you want to hear to your face and then they still go about their business how they plan to. There, there's no like. They, they can cut a deal with everyone in the house, have a handshake agreement. They're going to do what's best for them. It, it, that's the nature of the type of people that they are because of being from Big Brother. Yeah, for sure. What did you make of Lolo asking Devin for the rundown on everyone in the house? Um, I kind of liked that scene, actually. Were uh, they on the same Champs verse? I don't think they were. I don't. I think Devin was later because she was the first season. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Anyways, I, I mean. Yeah, she I did like Chance First I mean, Pros. His was later on. He did one of the Chance First Star seasons. He didn't say anything that wasn't true. Um, and I don't know. I think I liked that she like was was looking for some information but sort of like not in a sketchy like weird closed yeah. door kind of way Super kind of in like a friendly playful. yeah yeah i hope i really hope and i'm giving her the benefit of the doubt this season i really really hope that she has learned to drop some of the like how personally she takes everything um and just can have a good time you know she's a, she's an athlete she should enjoy physical competitions they shouldn't be like such a burden on her and every time we've ever watched her she just seemed so bogged down by what people think about her and like girl we watched you run up that pile of rocks we know we know that you're an olympian go with that like she just opens up this door when she shows so much insecurity about whether people like her or not yeah i i asked uh our twitter followers for some questions for this episode of the pod and my girl, Julia, who I've always thought had a really clever, uh, Twitter handle. It's like Julia, but like jewel, like, you know, they smoke from J U U L. I always thought that was oh, nice. So shout out to Jules. She said, why is Lolo Jones? So M effing annoying. I look forward <laughs> to an explanation. And for me, it, it is hard to, to pinpoint, but I think you're right. I think that she just takes everything in life as a, that that's any sort of slight against her, like either about her personality or about her performance, like Mm -hmm. in games or in sports, she takes it like it's a fucking death threat against her. Like you're threatening her character. And you know, I I can't speak to, to how she was behind the scenes in 
like the Olympic scene and, you know, the, the athletic world. But from what I've seen from Chancellor's Pros and a bunch of clips from Celebrity Big Brother, it's that she has no sense of separating game from Mm-mm. personal she right what she's oh you vote me in that means you hate me that means i hate you and i have to take you out in right. every possible sense like she does not understand someone goes home every week someone has to be the loser you, even if that's how you feel keep it to yourself totally because people can literally play you like a violin when you let them know how insecure you are about either potentially going in or even just getting voted in how bad it hurts your feelings. And we got another question or not a question, but I think it was Vic that made a comment about like, we, we wanted Louise back. We didn't want Lolo back. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I'll tell you why I don't quite agree with that. However, I will say the, what Louise was able to do in not taking things personally made her more of a threat because you couldn't unravel Louise. And that's so conniving. She's so, yes, she keeps it close to herself. She's like sort of stoic in how she plays. And Lolo just does not have whatever that is that tells you to keep shit to yourself. I mean, I had a boss once who told me that I needed to enter the shutting the fuck up phase of my life. And (laughs) that is great professional advice. Yeah, it was really great. Um, (laughs) As horrible as what, how she said it was, what she was saying was valuable is that you don't have to, uh, attend every confrontation that you're invited to and you you don't have to give your opinion on everything and sometimes believe it or not less is more and there's actually power in less in like in saying less I mean it's like the Aaron Burr way of thinking right so <laughs> I think that really breaks down kind of the difference in in Lolo and Louise but which one makes better TV I think what you're trying to say best is encapsulated from a quote from one of the great uh, American philosophers and, and famed failed Trump supporters in our day is that real G's move in silence like lasagna. Oh my God. <laughs> Shout out to Wheezy F baby. Uh, yeah. That was, that was uh, from two part question. Uh, we got it from Ray and from Victor Ray Vasquez says, do you think Louise from chance for stars would have made a great addition to the cast? Do you think she would have worked with or against Lolo? Uh, I mean, I've been clamoring for Louise to come on the show. I think that would be really fun. I don't, I think she is uh, capped out or maxed out at a champs for stars kind of show though. I don't think she, she, she just lives a different life. You know, Lolo is a, they're, they're both Olympians, but Lolo is now Olympian reality star. Louise was more Olympian kind of, uh, uh, shifting or, or pivoting careers to figure out how, what she wanted to do in media and kind of dipped her toe in reality TV while Lolo was like, no, like this is my second career. I did summer Olympics. I did winter Olympics. Now I'm going to do full on reality TV. So mm-hmm. I, I, I would love Luis. I think she's conniving and, and you know, West level of social player. Don't think she would ever do the show. And then, yeah, of course, Victor said, let's be honest. She's a chance for a stars crossover. We all wanted not Jose, not Lolo. Uh, I mean, maybe I, disagree. I, I think Lolo is incredible TV. She's absolutely nuts and crazy, but I think she probably makes for better TV. Uh, mm-hmm. And don't Vic, I love you, brother. Don't you ever disrespect Jose like that. 
the challenge goat. It's 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 Jose and Idris. Those are the goats, my friend. Oh God, I was actually with you on Jose. I love Jose. I think there's always a place for. I think him he's on funny. The show. Yeah, there's there's um, a place. You're right. Yeah, I mean, when you watch reality TV, you kind of don't want to watch people that have their lives together. And I feel yes, like Louise yes. really has her life together, and that's just like I mean, Darrell is the closest thing I think to like. He has a great marriage. He has two kids. He has... But there's something so compelling about him in the reality TV sense. Well, it's because we met him before he had all those things. Sure, We sure. don't want you to enter our show for the first time with your shit together. I mean... You are only welcome here if your life... If, if like, you... If things are a little fucked up for you. I mean, my counter to that, though, is Natalie Anderson... Like, I don't know if she, I don't think she's married or, or has kids, but she's a survivor champ and on a recent season and has her life together and is kick ass. So that's kind of my, 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 she and Luis kind of, I feel like occupy the same spot, but. But has she always been like that ever since she was even on yeah. like, the amazing race and yeah, survivor? Yeah. I, she's I, always I, just been like a grown ass woman. I, I We'll admit I have not seen her two amazing race appearances. One, her and Nadia lost in episode one, the first leg, I think. The next one, they did a lot better. And to come fully clean here, I have not watched her San Juan del Sur season. I'm saving that to hopefully do what we did with Jay last season. Binge it over a weekend, get Natalie on the pod, talk to her about both that and the challenge. Maybe her interesting thing is that she's single. Sure. Yeah, I see that. Okay, well, let's keep moving along, though, because we okay, still sorry. got We're we still got a lot more here end. before yeah, uh, before the actual first challenge. Uh, so let me run through a couple of these next notes. Uh, Wes and Lolo, uh, or Wes says Lolo is probably, if not easily, the most athletic female, or I forget if he says female or just competitor we've ever had on the challenge. <laughs> Vic came in with another great question. He asked, on Declassified, Wes said Lolo might be the most athletic woman to ever grace our game. With Laurel, Emily, Evelyn in that mix, would this be true? I think that's really tough, especially across different eras and judging against entirely different competition. But I think the only one that's even in the same realm or ballpark is Emily because Wes has said on pods or yeah, I think on podcasts in the past, Laurel's great. She's super athletic, but it kind of comes down to the fact that she like is incredibly tall and towers over all the rest of these girls. Uh Evelyn smaller, still insanely strong and athletic, but I think her political and social, I would say political game boosts her up and almost like amplifies how good her physical game is. Emily is just like full on raw, uh, like insane CrossFit athlete. But like once you get to professional athlete and Olympian Mm -hmm. athlete level, it's an entirely different world. Like to give sort of a, a stupid anecdotal story, you know, I play basketball or pre pandemic play basketball multiple times per week uh, here in San Francisco at the Bay club. And I, I, I feel like I'm pretty solid. Like I go out there get a couple buckets, play some terrible defense, you know, lollygag a little bit, but I, I still feel like I can hang with the, the, the youngins, as they say, the, the 20 yeah. somethings and, and still run up and down one time, Justin Anderson, 
who played at UVA and has bounced around the league, been on like five different teams in the last like six or seven years in the NBA. He came in with two of his friends from, from Virginia and I was on their same team and, and we got to play for a couple hours together. It is, I was, I was like jaw on the floor. I'm like, Oh wow. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I'm not even just like a regular schmuck. I'm like an out of shape idiot. And this dude, the, the like difference in athleticism between me, average everyday dude and professional athlete is the, the, the chasm is so much wider than you can ever actually fathom until you like see it face to face in person. Like this dude was doing uh, like Euro steps in the half court and getting dunks over dude. Like it is so silly for me to even like be on the same court as someone from the NBA. So that's how I feel Lolo is around a lot of the, the, the challenge cast. Like she might look the same and be and look athletic, but like you put them out on the course together. It's a different level. There's a, a huge gap between Lolo and everyone else. Well, also, you know, think about like you have people who are just naturally athletic and they they do well because it's sort of their second nature to do well. Totally. But think about think about the access that Lolo has had yes. to training and teaching yourself endurance and knowing exactly like literally exactly how much to hydrate. And you know, when I'm at the gym and and someone says like, "Okay, do this 80%." I don't know what the fuck my 80% is. <laughs> like That's a good call. You know what I mean? Like I don't have these like the bearings for for anything like fitness related these people come on this show and they just go all out and they do what they can lolo has had access to the finest training the finest facilities i mean it's like somebody going to harvard that went to private school like no shit totally Um, it's sort of like a one percenter thing like oh you're in that one percent of super athletes we're gonna give you kind of like this exponentially better treatment than everyone else that puts you from the 1% to the 0.1%. So it's almost like, obviously she's incredibly athletic, obviously. Um, However, you know, she'll probably like find out that she's going into an elimination and eat something different for breakfast that day because she's had access to a nutritionist that told her, you so, so I, it's almost like, yes, of course she's, the most athletic woman that's ever been on the show, but it's because she's had a career in something athletic. Like, like right. Emily, There's a difference between Emily being a cross a CrossFit trainer right. before she came on the challenge. Yep. yep. So I think, you know, it's essentially the word I guess I'm looking for here is like privilege and I'm not going to hold it against her. She's an Olympian, but it's sort of apples to oranges. You, you really can't compare somebody whose athletic experience is the challenge versus the 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 biggest stage in the world when it comes to athleticism totally uh one time when i was uh a teenager i was at the summer camp and we were driving all all around colorado they took us to the olympic training facility there it is like jaw-dropping like just imagining being there yeah you know for, for an entire year or a season or whatever training for a sport i was like i i get it like these people are already the best of the best. And then we give them all the, the best uh, potential training and and chance to like be the best in the world. So it's sort of, it's sort of exponential in how it's like, Oh, you know, uh, Emily might be two times, you know, better or more athletic than Evelyn, but then 
from Emily to Lolo is 20 times. Like it just, it, yeah. it, it's, it's the, the, the minutia in it is hard to gauge without seeing it like in person. Also, in fairness, Evelyn was like straight out of high school. <laughs> that and is true. She was a child. Anybody who has taken a athletic class in college will tell you that you didn't know you were at your peak in high school fitness wise until you stopped going to like cheerleading and track and everything all day. And then all of a sudden you can't get through a 50 minute tennis class. So Evelyn was 19. You have to be at your peak at 19, dude. Yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, moving along. So Michi flirts a little bit with Anissa and Ashley. I thought it was kind of a cool moment. And then he admits he's basically only here for the ladies, which I actually kind of respect his, uh, his self-awareness there. I thought that was good on, good on you, mate. Uh, and then Corey tries to like size up Nam and he's like, he's like, what show are you from? He's like, Oh, I'm from uh, Beastmaster." He's And Corey's like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've totally heard of that, bro. Corey. No, no, you have not just Corey has heard of the shows that Corey is on. And that's, <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's an entire library of reality <laughs> TV right there. Uh, and then to wrap up this episode, TJ shows us the crater set, which I have a lot more to say about later on once we get there in the the real episode. But I'll just say I thought it was kind of a Red Rocks amphitheater out in Colorado Mm -hmm. crossed with like an ancient Roman arena, but sort of has this vibe of a uh, like Bond villain layer. So I I thought it was fucking awesome. Only thing I don't like about it is it being called the crater. See, that's where I got really confused, too, because I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is like secret agent themed, but the elimination arena is space. The- like, wh- what? This feels like Space Force all of a sudden. It does. It does have a little futury, futuristic kind of vibe, which I guess once you place. put like the umbrella of futuristic, like secret agent in the future. Yeah, the gadgety, crater. techie. They're secret kinda. agents in outer space. <laughs> sure. I like that. Let's roll with it. <laughs> and then the, the main event, as Bruce Buffer would say, we get Leo Rush weighing in, st- standing tall at five foot six, weighing in at 150 versus Kyle Christie and all his fake teeth at six foot four, 220. His and teeth weigh more than Leo Rush. That is possible. That is entirely possible. Uh, the wrestling match between them. I tweeted out, I thought it had the, the same vibe and the same energy as CT versus Teresa's one-on-one basketball match. Uh, I love that Leo pulled, there's this famous wrestler, Triple H, who like drinks a little water on his way out to the ring and then flexes and spits the water everywhere. So I loved Leo doing that. And then he fucking legitimately body, like he lifts him up with the fireman's carry and and body slams Kyle onto the beanbag. Allie, You witnessed your first wrestling match ever. What did you think? I have watched wrestling before. Okay. Well, news to me, dude. It reminded me of like, and I think it was you that tweeted. So sorry if I'm stealing this this idea. It's okay. I steal your tweets all the time. Literally all the time, (laughs) you guys. (laughs) Sometimes I will send Logan like a rough draft and be like, is this funny? And then he'll tweet it. I'm like, oh, sorry. I actually already tweeted that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, continue. Um, no, it reminded me of the basketball game between 100%. CT and Teresa. Like just this like fun, non-competitive moment where people are being silly. Like remember the like Halloween parties they used to have and like the stripper parties that they used to have and like the pajama parties. Just, the what? 
pajama parties that leave yeah, people it just bloodied kind of with their me of like the good old fun days of the challenge back when people were competing for twelve thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt fun and and like a sweet fun silly moment and I, I think I said out loud like inside every grown man is an 11 year old boy who never grew up absolutely and you all know the boys the, around them were like we're loving so it. excited about this wrestling match and you know what's the common denominator between those two moments what they're both first night pre challenge pre-elimination so everyone is just like hyped getting drunk in the house meeting everyone being social the cutthroat nature of the game hasn't set in because no one knows the rules yet so that's the time production kind of has to capitalize on like oh how do we set up like a fun moment here and i think they knocked it out of the park but i feel like we used to get those more and i i think they ended when you started bringing in so many more rookies and hurting their feelings. Like you got those moments a lot when everyone was a vet and everyone just knew that you were going to argue with each other. And then by the time it was time to go out and get drunk, it was over. And like you were going to have a glass of champagne and just not care anymore. But I think what ends up happening is you have people who are in their first, not just their first season, but like their third week of the challenge and they don't know that their feelings are going to be hurt during the day and then they Mm -hmm. can go have fun at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's hard to compartmentalize that. Uh, You know, Johnny always talks about compartmentalizing beyond being on the show versus being off the show. I feel like even within certain hours while you're filming it it is even tougher to do. And that's a a really valuable skill. All right. So that, that wraps up declassified Allie. Let's take a quick break before we jump into recapping License to kill a cam. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we are back. Let's dive headfirst into the first official episode of The Challenge, Season 36, Double Agents. I loved the little mini like spy movie starring TJ Lavin that showed all these clips from old seasons as he's in this room that's like the the bunker for a spy thriller and felt like fucking goldeneye or something i th- <laughs> i thought it was so cool i i loved this like o- opening 5 minutes it was fun i was like looking at the like the clips that they showed and it was funny that they showed like the end of like um, Bloodlines, the final of, of Bloodlines, because it was in Germany, and they were just start, trying to like pick locations. But also, they had to only show people that weren't problematic. And wait, that was list... that? Was that? Sorry, that was where the final of Bloodlines was. I do not remember them changing locations. I think so. It must have been because I remember it said twenty sixteen in Germany, and I was like. Wait, what season was 2016? Because I do not remember them being in Germany. But they did end in that, like, Coliseum. Yeah. 
and that okay. like good call. Um, good call old there. plant or whatever. But the the thing that stuck out in my mind is like, why are they choosing these clips? And then I was like, oh shit, they can't use any that like have Zach in them or like Camilla Jordan or like D or any of these like growing list of problematic people. They have to pick like <laughs> Jenna and her cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Brianna, whatever the hell she's doing these days. I hope she's thriving with her thick <laughs> ponytail. Um, there's a funny moment where it's like two straight minutes of TJ just like walking on the beach, kind of being epic. And I thought to myself, like, what a shoot. What a day of shooting. I'm just like, TJ, here's your sunglasses. Just walk along the beach. We're just going to get right. these epic shots. Like, what a fun day that would be. <laughs> Uh, I wrote down here, what amount of money would you put on taking a helicopter ride with TJ Lavin? Like how much would I pay to do it? What is the financial value of hanging out in a chopper with the one and only TJ? A hundred thousand, a hundred million. I think it's priceless essentially. I don't know. It kind of seems like TJ would do it if you were just like nice when you asked. You know what I mean? Like, yes. he's just such a nice guy, and he literally spends his downtime when he's filming, going around doing philanthropic things. I know. But I think if you were just like, hey, TJ, I'm a really, really big fan, and it would just be like the dream of my life to go up there in that helicopter with you. He'd be like, oh, hell yeah, come on, let's go. He's I think true. it's priceless in that way, yeah. rather than like you could never experience it. It was like, if you just caught him on a good day, yeah, sure. He is truly the best amongst us. He is. So the cast comes out in their all black Under Armour gear and everyone just goes completely ballistic for TJ. <laughs> Besides I'm one person. I'm going to tell you the truth. I cried during that moment because I, first just of all, felt I, right. love, I love how much the cast loves TJ. Like no matter the rotating cast or the format or whatever, they love TJ. And that moment where he comes out for the first time will always, always, always bring me back to when he came out after his accident. And like, I don't know if any, if you've watched these videos of like him trying to learn how to tie a shoe again, but it's, oh it's an emotional it really thing is. to witness. And every single time he comes out of the helicopter or the van or whatever the fuck apparatus he's on, I am just instantly transported back into how grateful everyone was. And it's almost like, it's like one of those fun, you know, wrestling moments or basketball game moments where you just like sort of forget how nasty and cutthroat these people are about to be to one another because they're, they're shared support of TJ. Yeah. Back when, uh, right before I interviewed TJ, I kind of binged all of the, the content that they created around his recovery. And it's really tough to watch seeing this dude that is like so full of life and, mm -hmm you know, does these extreme things like learning to walk again. So I, I get you. I get emotional too. Every time I see yeah. him, I was just like, damn, like, and, and he's the type of dude that like already lived life pretty fucking hardcore to the fullest pre-injury. But now that he has the second lease on life, he's just like, you know what? Life's short. Let's just do the most awesome shit out there. And like, yeah, I help other people like have awesome lives too. I go through like all the emotions of like, man, we're so lucky to have TJ. And then I'm like, God, we're all just kind of lucky to be here. And I don't know. It just, it sort of like transcends the nature of the show. And just that like every, every person, every encounter is just so precious. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and TJ just like embodies it. So that's why I feel like he's the perfect host for this show because the show is all about like you get this crazy opportunity, grab it by the throat because you could win a ton of money, you could turn this into a career, you could, you know, uh-huh. you're trying to get called back. And TJ is the embodiment of like whatever insane life challenges in front of you, like kick that shit down and go find the next one. Like exactly. that's why I love about him. Okay, so everyone goes absolutely ballistic for TJ except <laughs> one person. Do you know who the one person was, Ellie? Um, it was Nam. Nam is like, uh, who is this guy? He says, I think this guy means danger. <laughs> yes, Nam, you are correct, sir. So wholesome. Such a wholesome reaction. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Nam. Uh, we've got some big, big news about Nam at the end of the podcast. Ali is very excited to share. Um, this is why you keep saying that you brought it up. (laughs) The next clip we see, uh, is Nelson talking about his new nickname. I assume he's going for like a spy (laughs) nickname. And so he's like, he's like, Oh, I'm going to be double. He ends up saying double O Nelly T. No, no, he did not say, Oh, I didn't think he did either. But this second, Nelly T. The second time I season and just put it in front of his regular nickname. I thought that too. But upon second watch, I had the uh, closed captioning on. He says double Nelly. Oh no. I think I'm going to be double O Nelly T. He says the O so quickly. You can't hear it, but it came up on the closed caption. So somebody over there was doing him a favor. Yeah. Trying. I mean, I get, he's trying to go with the double O seven thing, but no, he wasn't. The captioner was. Right, but I think still, yeah, double the double agents and that being a spy, a famous spy name. I think he was trying to find a way to incorporate it into his name, but we all know he's not exactly the the sharpest tool in the shed. So, yeah. Nelson, also, you can't give yourself a nickname. you got to be donned a nickname by your peers. It doesn't work that way, my friend. Uh, so... Allie, can you sort of break down for us what TJ wants the challengers to do here for this daily mission? Because uh, I'm a big fan of Among Us, the social video game that has gone viral recently during quarantine. This mission was exactly a task you have to do in Among Us. Oh, really? Yeah. You have to cross all these wires. Cool. Happy for you. I didn't know what that meant. So basically this like code coded thing was on the top of a hill and running up a gravel hill is not easy. They had to run up it and there's only one to look at. So they essentially have to like fight each other for this code key thing and memorize it, go back to their stations and plug the, the matching like wire color wire into their station and if they're right there's like explodes right very weak explosion too though just sort of a little smoke bomb i kind of wanted it to just happen if you were right true that would have been better than having to like check with tj the whole check thing if it just like you got it right and it exploded that's a good call there's your producer hat i appreciate it Mm -hmm. um Few a few comments about the the strategy or rather lack of by both the guys and the girls in this challenge. The winners, Fessy and Anissa, I don't think 
either got any sort of advantage by racing up the mountain to be the hill, to be the first ones to look at the key. And then I also think I'm thinking, okay, so here's, here are the people that got checks. Um, so, okay. So for the guys, Darrell and Devin got a check. And then for the girls, maybe I didn't write it down. It was big T and some, someone else asked TJ for a check. And I, at one point, one of the girls is like, Oh no, big T yours is right. But all the, the lines are in backwards. So I think that was the big quote unquote twist of this challenge is they didn't tell you which part of the key was the beginning. So you kind of had to just guess and go all the way through and get them all. And only then would you find out if you had everything correct or it was backwards. So I I, I would venture that told her, I thought that was really cute. Good call. Good call. I I would venture that Devin and Darrell probably had it correct, but were a hundred percent backwards. But also what was the point of running up the hill? It like gave you no advantage. Just go let the fastest person trying to make a big splash in the show, like run up there. Yeah. I mean, it was sort of like the magician, like look over here while the magic is happening behind the curtain. Like I believe that's called the prestige. If you fell for it, that you needed to run up the hill. You're the one that ran up the hill. Like you didn't need to, you could have stayed, waited for them to bring it down and literally like viewed it from far away. You did Mm -hmm. not need to be, all up in their playing defense. There was no defense to be played. Correct. Uh, and that's there... why Nicole, the you know, biggest dumbass on the planet. <laughs> what what did you have to gain from teaming up? I was and, just going to ask you. But my, my next note here is Nicole is such a dumb fuck. So of yeah. course, she teams up with Lolo given no previous alliance there, just saying just publicly stating, "Oh, all us super physically strong girls are going to somehow team up and I'm going to try to give this win to Lolo to prove my loyalty to her. But I, I mean, Darrell mocking her screaming out was a top three moment of the episode. Well, I'll say this. The only way it would make any sense for them to team up on this is if first, second and third mattered. Because then you're like invested in helping someone else get first so that you can immediately get second if they're right. And you have to be right next to each other. Yes. Yeah. You can't be yelling across. Not only does it allow for everyone else to hear and if they're like, what were you doing? What were you going to yell at her? Yeah. You can, you can just follow along with her and plug them in, but also everyone, everyone is yelling. How can Lolo even hear? So I I wanted to give a shout out to, to Leo Isan. He, he asked, what'd you think of Darrell's impression of Nicole? <laughs> Darrell is low-key one of the funniest people on the show. It doesn't come out super often, but when he's cracking a joke or it's it, it makes air. because he's trying so hard. Yes, it, it's so natural. He's so great. This is why we love Darrell. Okay, so, oh, and then my final note here. What the fuck was the Abbott and Costello routine that CT was doing? Like announcing the, the girls round. <laughs> I don't just, know. Just thought it was kind of a funny thing. So Anissa I think when wins. When you have a kid, you just instantly become a little less funny. <laughs> you become like an old timey kind of dad. Just it happens just one day. That's why I'm hilarious. So Anissa wins that one. <laughs> uh, the guy's heat then goes down. I mean, what else can possibly be said or tweeted or gift or memed about the the shoe meme? 
Allie. Uh, oh my God. Do you have anything to add to the 10,000 memes that have been posted already? I just want to know what made you laugh harder. Last season where Johnny and Wes gave Jen Lee horrible advice and then laughed about it maniacally okay. after. Strong or, case. Or CT throwing the shoe in Wes's face. I think the answer is easy for me and it's CT throwing the shoe because it involves TJ cackling and crying, <laughs> laughing at, at Wes's expense immediately after. I mean, that is harder than TJ has ever laughed at trivia. I think so. I think that might so. be the hardest he has ever laughed on camera. They had to do a double screen. They had to like cut him in and be like, okay, here's TJ laughing. It's too golden to not show. So I love it. It was so funny. Oh my God. It was so, I'm so glad it happened in the first episode too. Cause it was like in the trailer. Right. And we didn't have to wait and wait and wait, for, to wait it for it. And it was just so good. And at one point the boys start playing like keep away with the, the answer key. I thought it was really funny and completely pointless. Cause you're not going to be productive in memorizing the key while you're, you know, avoiding getting tackled by Fessy. Right. So I thought that was very funny and uh, the lack of strategy was clear. Um, so we get Fessy and Anissa as the winners. TJ announces Anissa by over a minute is the overall winner. Calls her up, says, by the way, guys, uh, double agents, this is a pair game. Anissa, you get number one overall pick. Allie, if you had number one overall pick, who are you going with? Darrell. I think the strongest cases in no particular order are Darrell, CT, Fessy. I don't know who else really is in that same tier, that same category. I'm taking Darrell because I know that he is the most supportive partner out yeah, he, there. He even said, you know, Fessy's got his head down trying to avoid, doesn't want to get picked. And he's, uh, Darrell's like, you know what? I invite it. Let's do it. Let's ride or die. Let's he literally, I tweeted that because he said it in a confessional where I think I said like all integrity usually goes out the door. And I think there's a lot to be said for the way you speak about someone when they're not around. And I really, really appreciated the way that he talked about Anissa, like the, just the respect for that he has for her. And I know yep. that you don't do well in these games. If like, even like, look at, look at Ashley and Hunter. They are, both athletic they won final reckoning they did well when paired on um invasion together but they they were never ever going to be a 100 percent. i guess nobody's 100 percent successful partnership but they they couldn't even be close because of there was no respect between them mm -hmm, so i'm mm -hmm. picking Durrell 100 percent of the time because you know even with ct we love ct but that whole bullshit about I mean, look how he like auditioned Cam last night, made her like sing for her supper, you know, right, and like right. the whole, I don't want to run a final with her. I mean, he is very guilty of speaking like that about people. Yeah. And his season was tanked by him not having faith in Veronica, the season that they were paired together too. Totally. So, so I mean, I wouldn't by any means say he's a front runner, but like things kind of have to be going well and then he gets the ball rolling and then they start going really well. Like, but he needs that kickstart and Darrell is the self starter of like, no, it doesn't matter who my partner is. We're going fucking ham. Yeah. And I mean, just like having watched this show, CT is not even my second choice to be honest with you. Interesting. Um, 
Who's your second choice? Nam. Corey. Corey. Corey like, was such a good I like partner that. for I like Ashley that on Rivals 3. Like, if you can be partnered with Ashley, I mean, she would say it if she was sitting right here. And you can be supportive and not fly off the handle and, and you can keep a level head, hands down. I mean, we've seen some of these people play a partner game. Who did it the best? Corey did really well. Devin is actually a decent partner. He was incredibly supportive of Cheyenne down to like literally standing up to two bullies on her behalf. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen CT really ride for somebody like that. So I think, you know, there's a lot to be said for whether or not you respect the person that you're working with. I know people are going to say like, Oh, respect doesn't matter. Like athletic. Can you get to the end together? Yeah, sure. I I think chemistry in partner games is hugely important. I mean, what do you think Hunter would say if he was sitting here? (laughs) So yeah, that's probably my top three. Okay, well, you mentioned something in passing that I feel like needs uh, at least a minute of a deep dive, and that is Cam approaching CT, him questioning her, saying, you know, why should I pick you? And her being like, I don't really think it actually needs defending. I'm, like, pretty goddamn good at this game. And his response, uh, he just fucking walked away. (laughs) I've never seen somebody be ghosted to their face. It was, like, pretty goddamn disrespectful. Yeah, it was bad. And I mean, like Leroy was standing there watching. And I think, you know, let's think back to the last time CT saw Cam. It was the end of War of the Worlds 2. Okay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, both both ran the final. USA versus UK. Yep. Yeah. So, so she ran the final with Team USA. So did Ashley. So when he's like, let's say he's comparing the two, they both... We're on a losing team the last time. They both time made it to the them. exact same point of that final, too. And and he has won a final with Ashley on Invasion. So, I mean, like, I'm not saying Cam was wrong. Obviously, Cam is a great competitor. But resume-wise... Yeah, to say they're, like, night and day is kind of crazy. Yeah, and, like... I don't know. CT clearly took the J elimination to heart and got really in shape and he worked hard to come back on this. And I think I'm not defending his actions because it is such a branch of like, I don't want to run a final with her, but at the same time, you can't throw away all the work that you've done on a partner that going into it, you know you don't hold in the highest regard. I mean, it's like you said, look at CT and Veronica. They never even had a fucking shot because he didn't want to be paired up with her. True. Totally true. So, you know, if you've done all this work and you're trying to come back and get a win and you have busted your ass to get there and your fucking life at home is falling apart, (laughs) you got to make some mean decisions. And I I don't, I, I, you know, CT can defend why he didn't want to team up with Cam, but he, he made a decision. Right, but it's not only, like, not teaming up with Cam. It's, like, declining her straight to her face. Like, she went up, shot her shot, and was like, listen, I think we could be an incredible team. This is two, you know, one one massive alliance coming together with one of the strongest players ever. Like, it's mutually beneficial. He was like, "Uh, you know what? Actually, I want to go with something more familiar, which... For him, I guess, isn't really out of the ordinary. He seems like a really, you know, only trust my day ones kind of guy. But clearly, I mean, very clearly, obviously a mistake because not only did it burn Leroy and Cam, but it just became like, okay, great. Well, 
there's a bunch of us who have never won. So let's get you fucking previous champs the hell out of here. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should like acknowledge that I'm saying, you know, CT made a hard and fast decision. He had to be decisive in this. And I was saying that I would take Darrell and he ended up with a rookie because he's not mean. So yeah, he tried to snatch up, uh, uh, Natalie, didn't he? Darrell, Darrell, I, I mean, don't remember. Well, okay, I don't so, understand why Darrell and Teresa aren't together. Like, hello. That is a look great at point. each other. You're both you're both back. You both have the same hump to get over. That is a great point. Well, so let's briefly run through all the pairings and okay. give kind of a you know ten second blurb on why we think they'll be good or not. Before we do that, though, can we discuss the absolute chaos that went through my household when? TJ said, just stand by somebody. Brian just and I were like, pick your own what team. Fuck? Like, I love that, that chaos. Was the most I thought chaotic it was great. shit I've ever seen. I thought it was, you know, it's not every season that they're just like, okay, we're going to give you this major, major power to just figure out amongst yourselves. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened. And I think it's the, the producers were really on their A game this season from the cast to the theme to the location. To, to the marketing, yeah. To the market, um, like this. This was like, okay, this is the not fucking around season anymore. Like for sure. Like total madness might have been the beginning of this new trilogy in a trilogy of trilogies, if that makes <laughs> sense. But uh, like this is like, okay, we're starting to get the respect that we've always wanted. The ratings are higher than ever. This is the not fucking around season. Let's throw this really cool twist at them. So, Anissa and Fessy are first off the board. Tori and Corey, a.k.a. Tori, a.k.a. Corey, <laughs> for their t- team team mashup names, um, come together immediately. And I think I saw a screenshot of CT actually yelling out Tori's name. That's who we wanted to partner with. But Tori and Corey were right next to each other. They made that happen. Ten seconds. On also Tori think about that, though. He's run a final with her. Yep. 30-30. Great call. Do you think Tori and Corey make it deep? Is this a good partnership? Um, They're really equal for me. Like, they came on... Uh, Corey actually came on first. Um, yeah, he was a couple seasons earlier. But they're... In my mind, they're really equal as far as, like, capabilities. Um, well, I think they're, they're well-liked in the house. I think... I don't know. I don't think anyone is going to have to pull their weight over the other... Do you know what I mean? They're they're very very even playing field for me. True, totally agree. I think which they're... which lends a hand to a, a solid partnership because if you if you feel like you're you know pulling dead weight or you're like picking up the slack for someone that causes tension. So I think what I'm trying to say is that their their uh, advantage will be that they both perform well or they both perform poorly in the same things. Um, so yeah, I can see them doing well. Okay. Next partnership we see come together. Jay turns to what can I, what I can only assume is his like childhood teenage crush and sees Teresa standing right there. He's like, (laughs) yep, that's my girl, Teresa. Let's go. Don't want to hug her because I might get knocked out by her wide receiver (laughs) husband. I, I love them together. And Vic had another amazing question saying, do we feel like the the lead was kind of buried with the the other 
Survivor member teaming up with Wes and that kind of grabbing all the headlines. He he asked, why is Challenge Twitter sleeping on Jay and Teresa? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think this is a that's great That's a valid question because we have talked to Jay and we know that he's a big Challenge fan. And I think- He absolutely knows he, who Teresa is. Absolutely, exactly. He absolutely knows who Teresa is. And he got very excited at the idea of her coming back. And I think- Compared to Amber and Darrell, I don't think Amber really knows what she has. Probably I think Jay not. Does. That's a good call, yeah. I think this is where, like, watching the show and knowing your shit before you join the cast comes in handy. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up, we got Nani and Kyle, a.k.a. <laughs> hashtag Team Veneer. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think it's... I think they're all. This is also an equal and, and level playing field. Yes. So, but neither I think are serious contenders to win. I'm also a little scared they're going to make out. <laughs> God, I hope not. Who is okay? Hotter take. Who's going to be Nani's challenge crush this season? Um. I mean, well, wait. She's in a relationship. Is she? Okay, okay, okay. I didn't know she was. Yeah, I kind of remember hearing that somewhere that she actually came in in a relationship. And I'm sure upon finding out that single Fessy has entered the chat, she's pissed. (laughs) Great. That's a perfect, perfect take for that team. Next up, Devin and Nicole, who, as we know, via our uh, trivia, most recently on Rot Banana Trivia, they co-hosted or at least were both at the Challenge Spartan event in Boston. So Mm -hmm. I'm calling this one hashtag team Boston Strong. Not a surprise that they gravitated towards each other. I think yeah, this they is, just spent time together. Right. I think it's also mutually beneficial. They each, you know, do things well that the other doesn't. For sure. Yeah. You've got one with a big brain and little muscles. Average muscles. Sorry. Devin's a good looking guy built for this game. But then you've got Nicole who has dust floating around in her head and is incredibly fit. So yeah, they, they balance each other out. Well, yep. Next up, Natalie and Wes, uh, you know, everybody's got a hot take on this. This is the, the team du jour, the one everyone's talking about right now. I love it. I think Natalie's going to be amazing. Everyone else there is such a fucking idiot for letting that happen. I mean, seriously, basically everything that you've told me about this girl is that she is the Wes of survivor. Yeah. A hundred percent. How did you guys let these two big brain people team up? I don't know. Next, we see Darrell and Amber B as we we know, this was uh, not Darrell's first choice, but Amber kind of slides her way over there. And I don't know if she's a fan of the challenge, how familiar she is with the show, but she fucking locked out. This is a huge get for her. She's the lottery winner of this. And we don't know how good she's going to be, so it could be really good for Darrell, too. I'm excited to see Amber compete. I think it's a really good partner for her to be new, whether she's seen it or not. You know, she's played a social game. She's it's actually kind of great for Darrell based on the conversation with um, Casey that Amber had. You know, he kind of got himself an alliance with that pick. I'm, it's strong. It's he smart. Has the big brother it's, alliance. It's, yeah, it's which beneficial also to both sides. To, which also extends to Cam and Leroy and whoever they're working with because of, you know, 
Josh and Casey. And then, I mean, look at, you know, look who they look at the, the big name they chose to go against. It wasn't him the first go. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up rookies stuck with each other. Not a surprise. Gabby and Leo. I like how Leo's trying to like sell himself to her. Like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm stronger than I look and, and I'm faster. And it's like, who are you trying to sell? You guys are stuck with each other. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's what it's they just, call selling past the close in my business. Absolutely. You've already gotten the yes. Shut your yep. mouth. Uh, so cam and Leroy decide to partner with Josh and Casey, sort of melding those two alliances together. Who do you think came out better there? I think Cam gets a little screwed and yeah, Leroy and Casey seems to be the better partnership. Yeah, I think so. I think not only strength wise, Casey is a better partner, but Casey feathers. She's not going to ruffle feathers. Exactly. You've got two very opinionated people working together that aren't afraid to show their cards on like a social side. Like Cam is smart when it comes to playing things close as far as the game. But as far as like, if you're looking for two people in this cast that will look you in your face and tell you that they don't like you, they're partners. That's true. That is true. (laughs) Next up, Ashley in CT. Yeah, lots to be said about them by by the end of the episode. Um, Big T and Joseph, however, can we please get Big T a real fucking partner on this show? This is bullshit, and I will not stand for it. (laughs) This dude is fucking passed out at the club. Who passes out at the club? I've seen Tony Raines do it. From being wasted and enjoying himself, <laughs> passing out from happiness. It was also 6,000 degrees outside in the middle of New York City. But I'm not thrilled about this for Tula at all. Not I happy. I mean, I'm somebody promised. had to get him, but did it really have to be like everyone's favorite underdog? I know. Hate it. And she is like trying to play it up and, and you know, not talk down. And she's just too positive. But uh, I'm bummed. I'm just bummed for her. Which leads us to the next rookie rookie team, Lolo and Nam. This was a Ooh. mistake by the rest of the house. By everybody else. How the fuck did you guys let that happen? I do not know. There are so many. I just do not understand. I understand each of them being like, well, we're not anyone's first choice. So like, let's just wreak havoc and team up together. So I think it's smart by both of them. But a huge colossal mistake by so many others in the house of not being like, Nam, come here, buddy. I'm going to put my arm around you and I'm going to kind of show you how this game works. And I'm going to grab onto your big, gigantic muscles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to we're going to make it far in this thing. We're also going to fall in love and have beautiful (laughs) children. Yes. (laughs) Which is worth more than a million (laughs) dollars. Just so you know. Um, Yeah. Big, big, stupid energy on everyone. I mean, if you've got an Olympian and you've got a guy with that comes from a show with the word beast in it. Fucking don't let them be partners. <laughs> I don't get what it. were you guys doing? I mean, ridiculous. Yeah. Next up Nelson. I can't help, but feel like he kind of got screwed. I feel like he's the one that should have grabbed Lolo and then let Nam kind of figure out who he was going to be with. Right. Nelson ends up with Amber M. I do not see this ending well for him. No, probably not. However, no, can we talk about what we know now about the elimination 
thing. Yes, 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 absolutely. He may, if he can figure out how to use that to his advantage and ditch her at some point, put himself down there. He's the elimination king and somehow come out of it. He might switch his partner. That's a smart call. But, but does Nelson make the smart call? That's the, that's where I get nervous. (laughs) Um, Not always as we've seen in the past, but it will be interesting to see how, the dynamics of this uh, twist work with like the guys, the guys days versus the girls days. Like will Nelson ever even get the chance to go in on a guy's day to win to ditch Amber. Right. And then the last team, of course, Michi and Liv can't help, but feel like once this, this drama with targeting the champs kind of subsides. Yeah. They're out. Michi and Liv are first up along with Gabby and Leo. Yeah. And I feel like just like I'm looking at all the partnerships here. They make a lot of sense to me. However, it sort of seems like Tula and Amber M should switch partners. I would feel so good about that if it was like Nelson and Big T. I like that. I would have liked that a lot. You've got people who've like have experience in the game. I'm not thrilled with the, the picture that I'm looking at, which the challenge at the challenge 36 underscore tweeted, um, they even put them all in coordinating colors with their partners. This required a lot of work and Googling. Excellent, excellent work. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Tula and, and Amber and their partners are just right next to each other. So they could just like easily jump over and switch. But, um, but I is do that all like, the partners? I, I do like that this split second last minute hectic decision isn't going to necessarily completely screw you in the long run. Like there is a chance to get out of it. Right. But also given how chaotic it was, these are pretty fair partnerships. I mean, I think, I think Darrell is really the only one that somehow got gypped out of a vet partner. Um, given his vet status. Probably. But I feel yeah. really good about the rest of them. I mean, even, you know, evenly wise, these are, these are fair teams. I don't think you have really anyone where one is going to massively pull the weight over the other. It's like that moment in that episode of the office where they go and do trivia in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> and they split it. up. Is it well. Michael, Michael Scott? Who's like, okay, everyone let's go. Let's split up into the, the A team, the B team and the C team. And everyone goes to, to where they think they should go. And, and they're like, or maybe it's Andy. He's like, wow, like good self-awareness, everyone. This came out pretty well. Yeah. So, so a couple things. Michael has already left, unfortunately. Oh, you're and right. You're Andy right. was the manager there. He yep. was trying to earn the $800 deficit from the goal that Robert California gave him. But it's trivia um, in Philly. <laughs> Uh, what you're forgetting is that Kevin, I didn't forget. I didn't forget. And Andy is like, good self-awareness guys. Except. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And then there's something to be learned there because Kevin goes to the quote, good timers with Meredith and Kelly and, uh, Aaron and they win in a slumdog millionaire type situation. Um, we got a question about partnerships, uh, from Leo, who I think asked about the Durrell impression of Nicole earlier. Yep. And he said, do you guys agree with Whitney, who is Ashley's sister, that if Johnny was on this season, he and Ashley would have been partners and done well? 
I don't really know. I, I've actually given this a lot of thought, and I don't know what Bananas would have done in this scenario. Um, I sort of think he might have grabbed Lolo, um, just given his experience a, a with her, pure athleticism. The problem is, Bananas probably would have taken the CT route and like made people earn his partnership. Um, but I do acknowledge, and I think this is probably where this question was coming from, there's a really sweet friendship between Bananas and Ashley, like in the real world when they leave the show. Um, they they actually really, I think, respect each other as, as friends. And, They're frenemies, um, for sure. Well, I can remember recently, like, Ashley's uncle passed away, and she tweeted something along the lines of, like, he was the last man like male left in our family and Johnny replied and he was like that's not the only male you had in your family and it was just really nice and genuine and so I I say all that to say I have no idea what who how Johnny would have picked a partner here I mean I could I could for sure foresee a a rivals season between them where production gets to pick them being together because they know it's going to be fireworks or it's going to, mm-hmm. you know, end with someone f- flipping out at someone. But in this scenario, you know, don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to call Whitney out. I love the girl. She, she's part of the reason that, you know, we have this connection to Ashley. I, I think she's great, but I don't know if that's, if that's entirely correct. Maybe Ashley would have been the pursuer and wanting to partner up there knowing it would be a strong alliance, but I'm with you. I, I'm not convinced that Johnny's the kind of guy that likes to be wined and dined and possibly 69. <laughs> yeah. He might've just said, you know what? I just won one. I'm going to pick this, uh, blonde UK chick that has a million Twitter. I mean, uh, Instagram followers and let's like link up our brands. Who cares if we win? <laughs> sure, sure. Big picture, honey. Yep. Uh, and then, Right here is where TJ announces that there will be a secret vote this season. Last time we saw this was Cutthroat, right? 16 seasons ago. Is that right? Um, There was a secret vote in uh, Bloodlines? No. Final Reckoning. Oh, you're um, right. You're right. In the the pairs voted together secretly. But then it wasn't really a secret. Because it was revealed um, at the elimination. If, yeah. It, right, yeah. if you voted for the person that If got you the voted most for votes. the person with the most votes, you got outed. Yep. Uh, I love the, the secrecy of it, and it definitely plays into the theme. So I love, you know, aspects of the game actually being reflected in the theme. I think that's really smart. And I really uh, like that you, even if you don't think you can flip a whole partnership, if you think you can flip one of them, it's yes. worth pursuing. Yes, yes, that's, that's very clever. And TJ announces that the skulls are back. There's only 10 available. Now, I was talking to my sister yesterday, doing a little debrief on the episode, and I mentioned to her, I was like, okay, Haley, I know this is way before your time, because you're a little younger than me, but the challenge didn't always used to have eliminations. Once they figured it out on whatever it was, the the original duel, they were like, oh, oh, I think think we found something here. I think this is what's going to differentiate us from every other reality competition show that we don't just vote people out. There is a social aspect of it, but like this is what makes the challenge, the challenge having these eliminations, you know, you can fight for your life, even if you're terrible at the political aspect of the game. And Mm -hmm. then the elimination kind of became the signature of the show for 
whenever the duel was season nine, season 10, whenever the original one was Allie, I feel like we are in a new era of the challenge. The skull thing I don't think is ever going away. I think once we open that chapter, we open that book, we open Pandora's box with, Oh, you have to win an elimination to qualify to run TJ's final. I don't foresee them ever going back on that. I think this is the new game. You think so? I, I really do. I think they found something mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, the, the elimination thing is our signature, but we don't want people to skate to a final anymore. You can't play the Ashley game, the car game, you know, Polly's perfect game. You can't right. do that anymore. You have to do the physical thing, the scariest thing in the game in order to qualify for a final. I don't. I just don't see how they can ever go back. The twist is too good. No, I'm with you. I I, I think um, their casting choices need to catch up with that. Ah, okay. That's that's. I I see that. Because what's the point? Of, I mean, no offense to the guy. I'm sure he's super nice. He has a really wonderful smile. What's Tula's partner's name? Um, Joseph. John Jacob. But not Joseph? Jacob. She said Jacob. It's Joseph. <laughs> yes. It's Joseph Allen. Okay. That guy is not built for a Red Skull show. I fully agreed. Yep. That guy is built for skating to the final, which was a it used to be a legitimate strategy. I mean, but also you can no longer bring the insurance policy with you. You can no longer bring someone to a final that you think is going to be terrible, a la Jay and Jenna. Exactly. Yeah, it really I mean, it kind of takes the like layup thing out of it. And which is great because we're, you know, we're not going to see to reference that same season. Wait, no, that's not the same season. I'm thinking of um, rivals, you know, where where Vince just got to go to the final because bananas got to go to the final. And that's mm-hmm. what bananas made happen. At least now it's like, we can work together, but you got to get your skull for us to both get there. Um, I just think that we're going to see if, if this if this format is um, gonna stick around. Not to say that this guy can't beat anyone in a final. Uh, I mean, in, in an elimination. I'm just saying it sort of is gonna have this this pattern of like, even if you get one, we're still gonna keep throwing you in until one of us takes it from you. Totally, totally see that. Um, I think it's. I I just don't see how once they introduce a twist this great and this like defining redefining of the game you can't really undo that you can't go back to oh yeah sure rogan you can skate to to the final and not go in Um, right so we shall see but this is two seasons in a row now and um it just i like that they're telling us how many there are up front because last year last season we got a little like you just everybody who has one gets to go or at a certain point are there no more red skulls like i like that there is a defined number yeah like a finite amount okay well let's race through a couple more things and get to the elimination because we've got a few more questions to answer right at the end okay um I thought Wes wearing the hoodie and giving this like shady advice to natalie was (laughs) completely awesome totally meme worthy once again uh i wrote down lolo and nam total sleeper team i think they're everyone is sleeping on them they're, they're gonna be great i'm gonna open my second white claw love it uh and uh, and i'm thrilled with my decision to get through the one i liked less and now i get to enjoy the one i like more insane. thank you absolutely insane uh they hit the neon club which uh i forgot to mention this at the top i wanted to say go listen to the official 
Challenge Podcast. I believe that's what it's called. Official Challenge Podcast being hosted by Anissa and Tori. They dropped a bunch of cool insider behind the scenes info. And then they interviewed this woman who is the showrunner, formerly a producer, now an executive producer, uh, used to be like out there on location. She said she traveled to 20 different countries uh, via the show. Like if you're into any aspect of the production of the show, that interview on the podcast was fucking amazing. It, it like shed light on so many interesting things about the production of the show. I cannot highly recommend it enough. I thought it was amazing. I would love to have this woman on the podcast and pick her brain, but she, you know, she is part of the MTV and BMP entity. So I kind of doubt she would do any non-official podcast. Okay. I say that to say this, that they mentioned, Tori mentioned that, so they they wanted to call it Club Igloo because the, the club kind of looked like an igloo. So they just started calling yeah. it the Cligloo. And production was like, we fucking hate that. Stop, stop calling it the Cligloo. We're never going to air that. So stop calling it that. They had some other funny name for it, but I can't remember. But I thought that was a funny moment. And then, of course, Joseph passes out at the club. The only other person I can distinctly remember passing out at the club on the show was Corey's cousin, Mitch, but he passed out because he was so drunk, not just because he was tired and needed some sleep. So shout out to Mitch. Not yeah. This guy has never done like a real reality TV show where you film for like 14 no, hours. He got, he sang in front of a stage next to Howie Mandel and then got to go home or go back to his fucking hotel. He is not cut out for this type of show. No, absolutely not. That was a very good example of it because these people are professional partiers. <laughs> yes, you got to hang socially. And T even grabs him and is like, no, like, let's go. <laughs> she says, we have a challenge to win. <laughs> and she she says like, oh, all the best, all, all the best politicking is done on the golf course, the golf field, whatever she called it. The golf field, which is actually really true. It's completely that true. It definitely sounds like something Johnny Bananas said to her. Probably. I don't see Big T out on the links, but I'm not going to judge. I would love to play around with her. Uh, okay, Casey, like, butters up Amber to stay Big Brother strong. Who knows how that's going to go. Next morning, we get to the house. Cam, Anissa, Ashley, and Nani, once again, talk about some very heavy topics. Cam talks about how she feels just like huge family burden and, uh, you know, she's uh, the daughter of immigrants and really wants to do right by her family for, for sacrificing and, and bringing them, her and her family to this country. I, I adored this chat. I love them humanizing these people and giving Cam this platform to talk about the things she wants to. I thought this was really uplifting. And, like, I saw some people on Twitter saying, like, oh, they're really leaning hard into the, like, Cam or the Cam and Leroy, like, villain edit. But I think stuff like this just like blows that theory up. Like, yes, she might be like conniving and trying to make behind the scenes political moves, but like she's awesome and she's talking about like real important political topics. So, yeah, fuck Once that. Again, shout not, out to it's not a, no, it's not a villain situation. It's the first season that they've done together that they are all in on their relationship and, and all in on winning. And they can't be 
cagey about it. There's no hiding it. This is just what a power couple looks like. And I, you can call it whatever you want, whether or not they've won. But if you're together and you have a solid relationship and there is nothing that one of these people can say to you that will make you turn on your significant other, that's a power couple because there's power in the numbers. So if you don't like it, you got you to gotta address that because – they're not the villains. They're just making decisions together and they have the numbers to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, everybody said the same thing about Polly and Kara. And we even said at times they were acting like assholes, but they put together a very loyal alliance. And I don't think that makes them villains. No, but that is the, the nature of the beast. That's reality TV. You know, you give them all this footage and it can be manipulated, but you know, they could only manipulate it so much because, you know, you got to be an asshole while filming for them to portray you as an asshole. But I just think that people saying like Cam's getting the villain edit, I couldn't disagree with that anymore. Yeah. Cam is not responsible for how you guys perceive her. Yeah, that is say that again, but slower real quick for, for those of us who need it said one twice. Cam is not responsible for how anyone perceives her. And it's not just Cam, actually. It's it's all women. It's really everybody. But this happens to women a lot. Like, I have been called a bitch a lot in my life, and it'll continue to happen. But the word that people use when they talk about me is, like, aggressive or intimidating. And I'm not intimidating. You are intimidated. And those are two different things. And I think that's the problem that Cam faces, is that... She's just being herself, which is strong, smart, empowered, uh, self-confident. And what gets twisted around is how insecure people perceive that behavior. I have nothing to add. Incredibly well said. Thank you. (laughs) Leroy, I think I mentioned it earlier. He said, you know, I'm ready to play a dirty game. I I finally want to win one and I don't care. I'm going to target the best. I want, I got to think long-term. I want CT out day one champs are getting targeted. So CT starts sprinting around the house, politicking as much as he can. And he even acknowledges though, maybe it's because it's after the fact in a confessional, but he says, I want to see all these people lie to my face. I'm not a thousand percent convinced. He knew he was going in and he knew everyone was lying about who they were voting for because they didn't want to say him, but he he's been around the block enough to understand you know, when you're not having conversations with people, people are having conversations about you. So uh, he is the first to speak at the deliberation. You could tell he's panicking kind of a little bit, but I loved Leo calling him out straight to his face saying like, you're a big dude, but guess what? I flipped dudes twice your size for a living. I loved it. I loved the fire from Leo. And it was, I thought it was funny. Leo and Joseph were the ones and I think Liv, three rookies were the ones that called out CT in this deliberation. So shout out to this rookie class. Maybe they're stronger than we're give, giving them credit for. Um, maybe. Maybe. Not sold yet. We're only 45 minutes in. Uh, I kind of... I think it doesn't take much to be big and bad when you know how the vote is going to go. And Good point. when you're a dude and you're going up against another guy 
you know, just like toe to toe during this, this deliberation. And there's 13 other people, other guys in the room to divert the attention to if this goes south for you. I think standing up to CT in a room of 30 is way different than standing up to CT in a room of six. So if you make it to the end and you can keep this same energy and you can look at CT in his face and tell him that you're not afraid of him, good on you. But I don't think any of you are going to do it. I don't think any of you are going to get the opportunity to do it. But even if you did, I don't envision you being big and bad as as people start to exit. Allie, I always appreciate you bringing me back down to earth. Okay. From the crater. From the crater. Uh, I kind of didn't really like, kind of <laughs> hated the, the look of the voting booth. I thought it looked a little cheap, especially just in contrast to all the rest of the sets that they have this season. Yeah. Um, Corey and Nelson call the new kids on the block the new young bucks. That is so clever, guys. Keep working on your branding. Yeah, they're doing uh, great. The The British girls unite around Gabby and get her, while she's getting emotional and really start to hype her up. Once again, the second time in the episode, I fell in love with Liv. And then Fessy and Anissa get to go in and see who is compromised, who was voted in, and who voted for them. And this becomes privileged information that they elect not to share with the House. No shit. Well, I mean, yes. But eventually, you know, once we get second, third time through, they'll realize that Fessy and Anissa had this info earlier and didn't reveal it. Right, right, right. But... It's so dumb that Fessy even asked. Like, what a big dummy. No, you don't go back there and tell him. It's the same thing as when he, why he couldn't figure out who flipped on his big brother season. Like, no one flipped. You just misread people. Yep. And it, Anissa's face was so funny. Like, no, you big, gorgeous idiot. We're not going to go in there and tell them what we know. God. When you have privileged information in the house, you don't Keep it, give it to away. your damn self. <laughs> yeah. But I like this because it allows for uh you know you can lie to to people about who your vote is but someone is going to know and and eventually i feel like it is going to bite someone in the ass so we arrive at the crater and the whole cast is completely blown away by the set now i thought it looked awesome and i thought it also was like a little hard to judge on screen and maybe didn't 100 percent translate the like epicness of how it looked so I really, truly trust the the instant reactions from the cast here. And Lolo saying like, oh, shit, like I've ran in some like pretty crazy arenas and coliseums. This kind of like blows it away. So, you know, I'm skeptical of, of trusting the cast at their word at times. But this, you see that genuine reaction. You're like, okay, I trust them that this set is pretty fucking epic. Mm-hmm. TJ then, okay, so this is where some, some controversy starts coming into play. He calls down uh, CT and Ashley knowing they're going in. And then I believe he asks only Fessy if he wants to come down and fight for a skull. Am I, am I remembering this correctly? I don't believe it was Fessy and Anissa. Do you plan on coming down or Anissa? This is a girl's day. Do you plan on coming down volunteering yourself? It seemed to me like he was directing the question at both of them. That's how I took it. And then he sort of like, followed back up with like, all right, Fessy, you coming down here? And there was a pause. And then Anissa, Anissa very clearly was like, absolutely not. So right. and she I was think... the one that ended up announcing uh, Wes and Natalie too. So it might've just been the trade-off. 
Yeah, I think I, I don't think they knew. I really, really, really don't think they knew. I think it was a moment to get maybe someone to show their cards. Can you imagine if Fessy had said yes and then TJ was like, well, it's a girls' elimination day, so stay up there. Anissa, you coming down? Like, oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it was just a, a, a moment to make it look one way and, and have it actually appear to be another. Sure, I, I buy that. So we're getting Wes and Not Natalie. everything is a conspiracy. Mm. <laughs> Some ask, things are, ask but not QAnon, everything. Ask the QAnon people that same question. Wes and Natalie versus CT and Ashley, dot, 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 dot. Or is it randomly, out of the blue, out of nowhere, TJ announces it's a girls-only elimination day. This sparked the conspiracies, though, uh... I tweeted it out. I said, do, do we think that production called an audible here? I think we got multiple questions. Um, I know Vic asked one. Uh, our boy Ty brought it up. Yeah, Tyrone asked. Surprised nobody asked this yet. Do you think production pulled a fast one for the elimination? I'm still a little torn, but leaning towards no. I think it's really easy to to be like, oh, look. Wes and CT are there. That's two champs, two big money makers, two, two people everyone knows from the season. We want to keep them around. Let's call the audible and shift it to just girls. I think these decisions have, a, from the producers, I mean, have a lot more thought that go into them than calling an audible last minute. Now you can counter that by saying they're listening into every conversation. They knew that CT or that Fessy and Anissa were going to, who they were going to call down into the elimination before it ever happened. I just think more prep work goes into this on the production side than a lot of people give credit. What say you? I'm with you. I don't think there's a conspiracy here. Um, I think it was definitely going to be a girl's elimination and it may have been decided when a girl won the first day, right? Like a girl got to pick her partner first. So that dictated who was going to go first. Mm-hmm. I, I've just, I've thought about why they would pick a girl. And then I was like, well, Anissa won and she got to pick her partner. So maybe there's something here. Maybe there was supposed to be like more power in the power couple or whatever they're called. Like the, the girl announced anyways, I don't know. That's a tangent. Sorry. I just don't think um, as much planning and, and everything that goes into it. Um, I don't think they, they quickly called an audible. Um, I think, you know, if, if CT and Wes had gone against each other in the very, very first elimination, I actually think they would have marketed it that way. Like, I, I think they, we've, they've done the teasers of like a champ is going home yes, tonight. Exactly, they exactly. hype that shit King up. First champ, you know, like I really think that, you know, there was sort of this air of um, suspicion last year when in the trailer, TJ was like, I've waited all these years for this elimination. And you sort of knew that it was going to be Johnny and Wes. And they, they almost spoiled it a little bit for you to market it that way. And I, I truly genuinely think that if CT and Wes had gone up against each other and that's just the way the cookie crumbled, they would have literally marketed the first episode as like heavy hitter versus heavy hitter minute one. Look how this season is starting. Where are we going to go from here? I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think it's too risky to, to be 
shifting stuff around last second like that. And I, I just don't, they want just... West versus CT in an elimination. Maybe not day one, but that is like a production wet dream. Like that mm-hmm. is what people tune in for. And it could have happened, but I think the, the, the structure was already in place for it, for it to be all girls. So we end up getting Natalie versus Ashley in an elimination. We've seen a handful of times on the challenge before. Uh, I don't know what the name of it was. I, I missed that. It's like something it used to be called something with a with log in it. Didn't it? I forget what it's called now. I have no idea. But um, I, lo- I love that TJ is like, so you girls are going to be racing across this, this obstacle course thing while you're dangling. Oh, and by the way, the whole <laughs> thing is going to be on fire. Right. It's like, okay, that's, that's the young extreme TJ right there coming through. <laughs> um, and both, so both girls kind of end up getting caught on this obstacle that they have in the middle. I also just think it's so insanely difficult. The, like when you're leading with your feet going that way, that is so hard because we've seen, uh, Leroy, right? Like completely just smoke it going back the other way when you mm-hmm. get to lead with your arms and, and your head side, Leading with your legs is so goddamn difficult to to get yeah. to extend your legs farther and, and pull yourself that way. So uh, both girls did did an amazing job. Ashley never gave up. She never will. That's that's not her style. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't her day. And we have Natalie coming out on top. And I think even bigger than that, you know, it's, it's sad. It's unfortunate. We hate to see our girl Ashley go, but it leads to this huge gigantic new twist in the game of Natalie can pick Wes. Natalie can pick CT. Natalie can pick any guy that she wants to be her partner. What did you make of the elimination and the twist? Um, I just sort of had this like aha moment where if, if production was changing things around, I almost wonder if they would have changed it in favor of having the girls elimination rather than ha- avoiding the guys elimination because an elimination against one of the strongest rookies to ever come on here and a challenge champ, that's, that's a headliner too. So anyways, um, uh, this, this challenge, this, uh, elimination looks so hard, but, uh, it made me think of the video of Leroy and I think, Alan tweeted it today. I mean, that was just like superhuman. It is. He flies down the log. It is so. I mean, it looks like he does that when he gets out of bed in the morning a couple of times every day. Um, I thought going into it that Ashley would actually have a slightly easier time because she appears to be lighter. Yeah. A little lighter. Yeah. And then I kind of realized there's some benefit into having a little bit more weight uh, clearly not saying that Natalie is like heavy. Um, no, but but she's jacked. She's really strong. Totally. And I think that actually helps you a little bit more in these because you can use your body to move the, the it's all about That one's all about <clears throat> core strength. Like if you don't have yeah. the abs and the internal like middle strength in your body, you're not moving an inch. And I think Alan also tweeted that like Ashley did better than he thought she would do. And Natalie did a little worse than he thought she would do. So it was a, it was a good elimination. Um, again, it's so much more fun to watch the show and not know what's going to happen. Cause I truly had no idea. Um, so yeah. And then with regard to like the twist, holy shit, that's not just one twist. That's like four or five. I mean, she can literally take whoever she 
wants from whoever she wants. I know. I love um, it. Do you think yeah, that I, she? I will say. I will say. T- being able to take whoever you want. Period is a little less exciting for me. I think it would have been way more fun if you could only take the partner of the person you sent home because then there would be a strategy of who you want oh, to go with. I like that. I like that. You know what I mean? Like it might be two, one too many wrinkles though. It, yeah. It's like the possibilities are endless, which sometimes is really great. But you know, think about how like how committed people were to going into an elimination and getting their skull against someone they thought they could definitely beat. Like that was, that was calculated and they wanted to, you know, go down there and have an easy time. I think the same level of calculation would be really interesting to watch of like, I don't necessarily know that I can beat this person, but I'm willing to risk it to get their partner as my partner. Well, or like, maybe somebody's like, I really think I can beat Amber B and I really want to take Darrell and have him mm-hmm. be my partner. So it's like more incentive there, but exactly. I see what you mean. I totally see what you mean. It's just, it's like, it's almost too much for me. And it's like, you know, you don't have to worry about necessarily who you're with. You just have to worry about winning. Cause you can take whoever you want. I mean, I think some chaos is good, but this just feels nuts and totally chaotic and it's like it's going to be hard to root for people because i'm going to get invested in teams and then all of a sudden they're going to be switched up you know the last time we saw this was the triple elimination on war of the worlds yep. the first one the first one and we ended up with the same partnership because but somehow- they knew they knew that that was a great twist and they were keeping that in their back pocket totally mm-hmm. we should have had a maddie ct partnership there mm-hmm. somehow the fluke of of kyle, being kyle win. yeah um but with all that being said i don't think natalie is going to change partners that's interesting i she is smart so she clearly knows the kind of like backlash of her picking wes and people talking behind her back of like uh you know it might seem smart because he's smart and connected and political but like it Wes also is the reason she's down there. Yeah, it also makes you a massive target. So if I were her, I would just jump for CT or Darrell. Just like someone that nobody else like wants to to question. Like at least with Wes, people are like, Well, you're strong, but like that's why I'm actively trying to get you out. Like that doesn't happen for Darrell. It clearly happened for CT this season two, this episode too. But I think those would be my top two choices. Not not that it's anything against Wes. I just think the the heat is on. The the target is already on their back. And I think you kind of got to scrap that. But maybe try to do it in a way where you retain an alliance with him. I don't know. That that might be too too ambitious and Wes might feel too burned. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I think um I, I don't think she's like a safe player, but I think the lesson that everybody she knows the value of Wes. the hard way, not even just the value of Wes, but the value of how much the game was just shaken up. Like, do you really want to add more to that? You know, sure. like, yeah, I, I think I, I tweeted something like we learned a lesson today that you don't make big moves 
when you don't even know the game you're playing. And and 1, the big, big brained clowns who sent CT and Wes against each other on a girls week because they didn't know it was a girls week. Learned that lesson the hard way. And now you guys said it. He's like, yeah, we showed our ass. We're fucked. Yeah, because you didn't just fucking wait to see what was going to happen. And say what you will about sending in rookies, but, you know, it's sort of like when you're trying to see if the pan you're cooking with is hot, so you take a little bit of water and you throw it in there to see what happens. Like, Oh, you're not you supposed to just stick your finger on it like I do. That's what these idiots did. <laughs> they Put your stuck full their palm fingers right in, in this shit to cast get the temperature iron of the game, and they got burned. 100%, you're right. So I don't think she's going to switch. I think there's, I think too much just happened. I think she's really new and I think, I I think she's going to stay where she is. I think she proved herself enough as a solid competitor to earn her and Wes a little bit of safety. That that's a really good evaluation there. I, I think they're both smart and they both recognize the value in staying with each other. Um, and I don't think Natalie, Natalie is known to, to play very loyal. Like there's, this guy um, Tyson who, who she was stuck on uh, extinction with all of winners at war. Cause she got, she was the first one voted there. And then he was there not that long after uh, I think he got back into the game and then got voted back to extinction. And then at the very final challenge to get back into the main game, she had accumulated all these tokens and she maxed out the most that she could use to both benefit her in the challenge and buy like food for herself to replenish. And so she bought a gigantic jar of peanut butter and was like, Tyson, like let's go fuel up on this protein. I know you've been, we've been homies since day one. So let's kind of keep it that way. So she's really loyal. And and I think that's a really strong aspect of her game. So I would not be surprised if she stuck. Okay. That was the episode. This has been a very long podcast, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, We had a lot to cover. We had two and a half hours of the show to cover. But we have just a few more quick Q&A questions that we got from Twitter that we're just going to bust through um, because we love you guys and we love that you guys asked us these like fun and silly questions. So, uh, Ali, do you have anything you, you want to say to wrap up the, the episode of the challenge before we, we run through these? Just that I'm very excited. I think this is going to be a really fantastic season. I hope that all of the twists and turns don't make it confusing <laughs> Um but I'm I'm super excited. I think this is going to be a really wonderful season. And I'm sorry that we took all this time tonight. But technically, it was two episodes. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm when when you have full synergy of great cast, great theme, great location, production clearly knows what they're doing. TJ's at the top of his game. We've got some awesome rookies, some incredible legacy players. This is mm-hmm. the formula, guys. Like yep. I said it a few minutes ago. This is the not fucking around season. They made it the season to debut their uh, official challenge podcast. I feel like they're trying to be way, way more active on social and hyping up the season than ever before. And I got to say, I think between uh, what I've seen on Reddit and Twitter, there's like 15 new challenge podcasts out there. So like everyone in the fandom is all in on double agents. So I'm really fucking hyped. Cool. Welcome to the party. <laughs> okay, let's jump. Okay, I got a question here from our boy, Alan. Which rookies do you find the most attractive? And then he follows up saying, what do you think about Fessy wearing one of Kyle's suits in the confessional? <laughs> Alan, it's yeah. it for me, 
hands down, Liv is so fucking beautiful. I think she is gorgeous. <laughs> Uh, and then when she smiles, I'm just like, oh my God. Yes, please. Please. What about you? Are you, are you going to say the best looking guy too? Well, the best lo- rookie is like <laughs> the guy who the at official only fans <laughs> account just tweeted out. Like it was breaking news there that he had finally yeah. decided to get an only fans. Nom is chiseled from fucking granite the dude is the epitome of a sex god i don't think there's any question there um (laughs) um i agree with you about nam i think he is hands down the most attractive guy um and i'm gonna go with amber um durell's partner which yeah i think she is absolutely stunning yeah, I like her. She's hot. And I, I'm just really intrigued of her. Like, I really, really want to get her on the pod. I think her story is so fascinating of being an early boot on Big Brother and then six years off of reality TV to come back and do this. I, I find yeah. that fascinating. Uh, part two, what did you think of Fessy wearing Kyle suits? There were 200% more blazers on the challenge <laughs> there was. last night than there have ever been. <laughs> they gave them a, a set of clothes. Either production <laughs> gave them a set of clothes or they were like, listen, guys, this is the theme we're kind of trying to feel out. Get a little dapper for this season. Let's let's up the class factor. Yeah, I agree. Uh, our boy Eduardo down in Mexico asked, who are each of your favorites to win? How would you play the game knowing that there are limited skulls? I think that second part of the question requires like an entirely huge deep dive into like the potential strategies of the game. So I'm going to bookmark that for next week, Eduardo. I appreciate the great question, but right now my favorites to win. That is tough. Um, I feel like you can't ever count out Darrell. Doesn't matter his partner. You know, he's, he's one with, Amazing teams. He's one with, what's her name? Aviv. That She was one and done on the challenge. Uh, yep. I wouldn't say they're favorites, though. What about you? Who, who are you leaning towards right now, now that we know the partnerships? I honestly, I don't I don't know. Because Tough to the partnerships right are going to change so many times. Totally. And I think with partner stealing and literally partnerships that could only last a week. And then some are going to last until the very end because someone's going to – people are going to go in, get their red skull, and not want to change. So I don't really know. I think there is a hell of a lot of luck in this season than there has ever, ever been before. It's kind of like when you're – like think of the final on Invasion where – or, or I mean, multiple finals have done this this way, but I think invasion you really saw how teaming up with the right person at the right time right, really made makes all the difference. Match. They did that. In I free mean, agents think about final if you, too. you know, if you have like Lolo as a partner during this like this week of a big endurance challenge, and then think about if you end up with like Nicole Zanata as your partner during a puzzle. It's it's really such a, it. a, it's, <laughs> yeah, you go girl. Um, it's really such a a luck of the draw situation. I think whoever wins is going to have a a very good resume of either having the same partner the whole time, or they got super, super lucky on who they had and when the, when part is key for me because it's less of luck of the draw of 
who your current partner is and more luck of the draw of what is the challenge that happens to go down when you have exactly. that specific partner. Exactly. Okay. Another question here from our girl, Nikki Sin. Shout out to Nikki and Alan doing their thing with their new podcast. She asked, what color dresses should my bridesmaids wear when I marry Nam? She Ooh, then mm-hmm. tagged Nam saying, do you like pink? To which I have to re- reply, or I'm going to go ahead and tag him and say, at J Starrett, what the fuck, Nikki, I thought you were a one girl guy or a one guy girl. And, and now yeah. you're just ditching your favorite rookie for a new hot young rookie. I'm calling she you jumped. out, girl. She jumped quick. She jumps from rookie to rookie <laughs> like Nani. She is, she is the bananas <laughs> or the Nani of Challenge Stand Twitter. Sorry, Nikki. That's you from now on. Okay. Um, um, my answer, though, for her bridesmaids dresses is silver because I feel like silver with, like, white, like, eyeliner and a really, like, angelic sort of like floor de la core vibe would work well for Nikki. Okay. I'm into that. And I speaking... gave it a lot of thought. I hope she appreciates that. I've thought about this all afternoon. And speaking of uh, Harry Potter references, Gat Molden, AKA Matt Golden. I'm assuming that's his real name. Asked us cast Harry Potter using season 36 players. That is an incredible question, which I think also requires a deep dive. So I want to bookmark that one too. Let's save that for the beginning of the next pod because. Oh, I'm pretty sure I could look at this list that I have right now and go through the whole thing, but we can bookmark it. Cause I do really like that question. I was going to give like knee jerk answers of who everyone reminded me of, but I will wait. Yeah. I think that requires some, like an actual, uh, uh, slight deep dive. We and can then we sort c- them into their Hogwarts houses too. However, their <laughs> Hogwarts house might not match their character. <laughs> and then we got, do, we, do you want to run through these crazy questions from Tony as we, as we send off here? Sure. I don't remember them. So you, do you want to ask them to me as like a, like we'll, we'll rapid response. fire. These. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Tony Hajek asks favorite color. Pink. Favorite holiday. Thanksgiving. Favorite ice cream flavor. Uh, Rocky Road or Peppermint Bark? Oh, Mint Chip. Come on, dude. Easy, easy question. Weirdest oh, I place. I wish you knew Tree Hill references because <laughs> Mint Chip and Rocky Road paired together are a thing, Logan. Love it. it. God, we are just. The vibe is always there. The chemistry is always vibin', there. Vibing. Vibing. Weirdest place you've ever been? Oh, man. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough question. For me, I would say. Um, on a volcano that has erupted with uh, molten hot lava melting my shoes underneath me. That was pretty weird. Um, I, my answer was in San Francisco. It was we we got on a subway. Like we got on a subway it, underground. We went underground to get on it. Mm-hmm. And then it left underground and became like a light rail. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah. That's the, that's the BART system. Yeah, because we took it to the zoo, but we got it in like downtown San Francisco, right near our hotel, near the Tenderloin. And it it absolutely fucking blew my mind that this, because <laughs> I had only ever been on a subway or a light rail. I had never, ever been on the system as it transitioned. So weird, maybe not the right word, but it was weird to me that all of a sudden this underground mode of transportation was above ground. Yeah, Bart's wild. They need they like desperately need to update it because it's sort of an outdated uh, system. But 
Bart's crazy. Uh, he yeah. asked, how old were you the first time you went to the zoo? I was, um, I was probably like two. My parents used to bring me to that shit all the time. Yeah, I was really little. And we lived in uh, Boca Raton, Florida. And um, there's a, a solid, either the, maybe the Miami Zoo though. But yeah, I love, love the zoo. Like I will stand in front of the otters forever. <laughs> yeah, my, so parents, my parents probably took me when I was really little. They definitely brought me to uh, San Diego Zoo, the best zoo in the world, uh, when, yeah. I was, when I was a young kid. So. Allie, or uh, Allie, Diane and I have been back there since, and uh, San Diego Zoo is pretty incredible. It's it's gigantic. And then he he finishes it off with Dr. Pepper or Mountain Dew? Dr. Pepper. First of but all, But Sundrop is better than Mountain Dew. First of all, Tony, Mountain Dew is fucking disgusting. <laughs> it was never in consideration. And second of all, all dark cola is absolutely amazing it rot your teeth rot your brain but it is objectively the best but i am also like a do you guys have coke or pepsi oh pepsi i'll have a water type of pepsi person. sucks dude I pepsi, hate pepsi is literally 75 percent of the flavor of coke it's just like the same idea and a worse execution and i don't like coke in the bottle it has to be coke in the can or like a fountain coke what about the best Coke of all, the Mexican bottle, like the glass bottles? Those are the best. Easily. Eh, easily the best. Still, I like the can better. I don't know why. Interesting. I think it just gets colder than the glass. Have you ever had cheer wine, Logan? Cheer wine? What is that? Oh, so that's a no. Um, it's a soda. It's like a it's it's a dark soda and it's got like cherry um I don't know. I, I don't know. It's made in North Carolina. <laughs> um, it's so good. I might actually ship you some. It's it's really real. I bet they deliver because they're only available in certain places. So I bet you can ship from their website. But or you could just come visit and then we'll get some. But I, I like, literally yeah, we make, can throw back some when I when I get out there. I make um, crock pot barbecue with barbecue sauce and cheer wine. Hmm, fascinating. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to eating that too. Okay, we got one final question here. It comes from the Hunter Bro. He said, This one is for Allie. What survivor players do you want to see play the challenge next? He's Allie fucking is, trolling me. <laughs> Allie has never seen Survivor. So, Hunter, you're going to have to come on the pod and discuss with us which survivor players would do great on the challenge. That I wraps will say, it up. Though, I will say, my trainer. Um, at my gym just applied to be on survivor love it nice. so if he makes it on to survivor he's my answer love it i, I want him that. to go on the challenge and uh, i want someone on there to give me a job how do i not know enough cast members that uh, that i don't work on this show somehow i know agreed and travel so, around I'm... and scout locations or do social media or so i know the people who do so social media I for mean, the show. I truly, truly recommend listening to the official challenge pod. If, if you yeah. just want to skip the, the recap stuff that Tori and Nisa did, please go listen to this interview with, I want to get her name correct. I actually looked her up on LinkedIn and was like, hmm, should I add her and ask her for a job? Connect. <laughs> um, her name is, come on now, Emer Harkin. It, it sounded like she was Irish, I think. 
Um, her job just sounds absolutely incredible. So if you're into yeah. the production aspect of the show, go listen to that. There's a million other challenge podcasts out there. So we really appreciate you guys sticking with us yep. and, and hanging and doing and listening to the podcast and doing the live events with us. We're really, really, really excited for the next step. We're right on the brink of doing it and announcing it. So stick with us. We'll announce it on the podcast. We'll announce mm-hmm. it on Twitter. Follow her at hello Ali Evans. Follow me at Hedrick Files. You got anything as we sign off here? No, that's it. I would I would, you know, get all emotional and cry about how much I love everybody for listening to this podcast, but I did that last week. So if you want to hear that, you can listen to <laughs> Rotten Banana Thanksgiving because I cried over how wonderful you guys are. Yeah, and go listen to that pod. That was really fun to record and really fun for me to to put that together on the back end and find all those old clips there's some funny dirty shit in that episode (laughs) so go listen to the thanksgiving pod we appreciate you guys we're looking forward to next week chatting with you guys on twitter um until then we'll see you on the twitter streets she's Allie. i'm logan rotten banana podcast we out Apart from you